Dun, 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 dun. Welcome to the gray zone, everyone. We've been on vacation for the last three weeks. Well, that's a lie, but it's <laughs> been Joe. It's not been me. It's uh, there's nobody been vacating around here. Is all <laughs> I can say. We wish there was some vacations going on. That's just, just that's just not how things work me out. Too. Now I'm hoping here in about you know, uh, before I properly introduce the show, I've been really thinking about taking a train trip. And this has nothing to do with tonight's show. It, I mean, it could, and I could segue it into there, but we're not going to. Just something that I was thinking about. So for all of our listeners and supporters and everybody who listens to all the shows that we host on the network, if you know some really good train trips, I'm thinking about like maybe going through the national parks, you know, maybe through Glacier National Park and all of that, hopping on a train, riding out there. I even thought about taking the Canadian one. as one that runs between Toronto and Quebec or somewhere. No, no, not way in Quebec. Where the hell was it? But anyway, if, if anybody's taken any of these trips or had any of these things, let me know about it. But anyway, welcome to the Gray Zone, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we're in June. Where the hell is this year gone? I mean, bam, wham, slam, kick you in the ass, and here we are in June. I mean, this is segment number 60 for this show, by the way. Now, remember, we take off time. We're in between things. We got other stuff going on, and there's still 60, 60 segments of this show. That's 120 plus hours of the gray zone. Now, unfortunately, for most of y'all, y'all can't get it, but I'm going to fix that. Um, I'm working with one of our website companies to put a new portal onto the website so you can directly off the website. Uh, you know that way you don't have to go look for where it may or may not be or which which <laughs> one of our pod sites it might be on uh, this way you just go directly to the website and get it there uh it'll only be this show for right now we will put up other shows up there by the way there are shows for sale on um podbean uh there's some uf on the covers there's a couple of gray zones there's a couple of just mixed varieties a couple of travis walton shows over there uh you can go check out they've been up there forever uh, they were one of the original things but for some reason I don't feel comfortable with that particular company. So we're just going to go ahead and put it up, put it up on the website and you can find it that way. And um, that way, if you get any moans, groans, bitches or gripe, you can write to Michelle because I'm going to ignore your ass. Uh, or no, 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 no. I retract that. Write to Amelia. Yes. <laughs> write to Amelia Pisano. Say Amelia Pisano. And, and you got to write, you got to put a Pisano. You got to write it out like that. Okay. And, I'm serious coming, now. Coming from the guy we can't see right now. Wait, you turned me off again. See, Michelle keeps turning me I off. Turn I didn't turn you I, off. It's because I, 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 I am so fabulous looking at that. She just keeps turning me off. Uh, um, let me see. Oh, wait, we still got that on. That's why we're off. Okay, sorry, guys. <laughs> Joe welcome, got to play with Welcome to my life. Joe, Joe, Joe got to play with stuff before we went on the background. There we go. And, uh, no, I yes, or mm-hmm. new tie. How you like the new tie? Spiffy new tie. Oh, um, nice. Yes, yes, nice. Burden oh, new shirt, right. yes. Um, so anyway, how you been? Life's been going okay. I, I see Bubbles is back to work now, and that's a good thing. Yes, 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 yes. Back to work and, uh, you know, going strong and Outer Realm is just kicking ass, so it's doing a okay. Mm-hmm. Everything's doing good. Can't complain. Yes, Can't people. Complain. Bubbles is Amelia. Yes, Amelia. Yes, I always call her Bubbles. Or Bubbly. Right. Bubbles the Grey. That's what I call it. That's because she's a damn alien. But anyway, we're not going here tonight. Even though we're talking about UFOs tonight, we're just going to leave Miss Gray out of this as mm-hmm. much as I can possibly mm-hmm. try to. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to actually be talking about UFO disclosures and UFO deceptions because there's so much of it. Mm-hmm. Now, you've been, if any of y'all been paying attention, y'all been watching all this yap crap. That's why I don't like calling it yap because it rhymes with crap. So it's just, it just puts me off right <laughs> off the bat. Fits. It's yap crap. Well, you, what do you know? Yeah. UAP, I'm sorry. 
Um, unidentified aerial <laughs> phenomena. So it's unidentified flying object. Now it's unidentified aerial phenomena. Really, it doesn't really make it whatever you want to call it. It's still something you don't know what the hell it is flying around in our skies. Now, when I was in the Navy, you know, one of the first things they taught us was aircraft recognition. And the reason why is because, is you know, they want to know if you see a ship or a plane coming in uh, that may be, not be friendly or be blowing somebody off or something buzzes the carrier. They catch it on radar, but no one sees it. So if someone's on a deck, they want you to, you know, be able to identify what you're looking at. World War II was a common practice because radar wasn't all that great like it is today. But um, still, you know, you learn this early on. You learn So when you're looking at in the sky, you can even, even at a distance a lot of times, you can tell what kind of plane it is just by the way it's heading or the way it's acting or where the lights are forward, backward, depending on where they are behind the wings, the front of the wings, on the tip of the tails. It just depends. There's a lot of this little stuff that tells you a lot of information, not the everyday person, but if you serve, you, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, so you learn these kind of things. And every now and then you see things. What's interesting is when you see like a glow coming across the sky and no flashing lights. So whether it's military or not military, it is illegal for any plane in the entire planet not to have its running lights. Um, now, it only has to have its landing lights on within two miles of an airport, but all the rest of the lights have to be running. That's why they call running lights. Uh, they're just so if another plane's coming, uh, that they can see if, if for some reason they're not showing up on radar or something. Uh, it's just another way of identifying a plane. It's important storage lights just like there is on the ship. So when you see a, a something flying in the sky that doesn't have these lights, you're kind of like, what the hell is that? Could it be something the government's flying? Well, yes, it could be. But still, even when they're doing... Um, even when they're doing test stuff, they usually still have these lights on. Uh, one, it helps to make you think it's, you know, just some weird, you know, airplane out there. And two, it keeps them, you know, relatively safe from low-flying planes like Cessnas and things like that. That may not necessarily be flying above radar mm. uh, for whatever for, for whatever reason. Same reason we have them on towers. Somebody said, well, rarely ever get no people. Why do you think we have lights on towers at two, three hundred feet? It's so that things like small aircraft don't fly into them. It's the whole reason we got them there. <laughs> and even if you're not supposed to be flying around, sometimes people wander off where they don't belong. Um, yeah, because somebody asked me one time why we didn't put power lines higher. Um, well, first off, personally, flower, uh, power lines should go on the ground, not in the air. But anyway, um, that's another reason why they don't. Even, even big towers down here, if they're more than 50 feet or five stories, they have a flashing light on Um of some sort so it's just you know it's just the way it is so when you learn all these things and you're sitting there wherever you may be sitting on a on the edge of a flight deck on an aircraft carrier in your backyard on a boat out in the gulf of mexico in the pacific ocean somewhere and you see something crossing the sky knowing these little things can help you really identify it quickly to where it's either ours or somebody else's or it's something unexplained which then makes it, of course unidentified flying object and at this point there's a lot of unexplained shit just the other night, I'm sitting out. My, I got a good picture. I have to post it, y'all. Just the other night, I'm sitting out in my yard. I was seeing a couple of good shooting stars, and I turn around and, and I'm thinking. I thought it was a satellite because it's cruising along at about a seven second click, glowing white. And then I realized it was below the cloud deck, which put it somewhere. I think the cloud deck that night was about eleven thousand feet. <clears throat> and people, you can always find out what the cloud deck is. You can go online and go to one of the meteorologist sites. One of the <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, anyway, you can go to one of the weather sites and they'll tell you what the, the cloud deck is for your area. So I knew right at that point, um, it was around right below 11,000 feet. So it sure the hell wasn't a satellite. And it wasn't anything conventional because, one, the way it was flying, it was such a smooth flight. 
uh, on a rough day because it was kind of weathery that day. And still, it was still below the cloud deck, it's cruising along, just one glowing white dot cruising across the sky. I couldn't tell you what the distance was because I couldn't get anything in the foreground uh, so I could figure out what the distance was because it was too high up uh, for that much. Uh, but still, mm. it's interesting. But that is, a, yeah, it's an unidentified aerial phenomena, yes, and it was just minding its own business. But what made it freaky is it turned around went all the way back from where we seen it, turned back around, turned the light off, and went on its way. Hmm. Yeah, so I'm kind of curious. Yeah, you just got to kind of wonder what the hell that was all about. I think we, we know. <laughs> I think we know. They were looking for bubbles. That's what it was about. They were looking for bubbles. <laughs> yeah. Looking for what are you people doing? I telepathically <laughs> said, no, she's in Canada. That's why they turned around and went the other way. <laughs> They're like, oh, yeah. shit, well, Canada's the other way. Let's get out of here. Mm-mm. Hey, you know. Yeah, so, sorry, Bubbles. I had to ratchet out, man. But, you know. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Better you probe than right me. Under the bus, huh? That's right. So better you probe than me. That's being a champion you know? right there. <laughs> that's all I got to say. <laughs> she's mm-hmm. an alien. What are they going to do? They're going to say, get in the ship. Let's go for a ride. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's just so much of this stuff out there that there's just so many things that can fall into these categories of UFOs or yeah, unidentified aerial phenomena. Just so much of it, mm. and we don't know if it's real, if it's not real, if it's fake. And and thanks to whoever invented the drone, uh, now there's so much shit flying around the sky. We'll never know what's real and what's not. We won't. Thanks uh, for that. Dr- drones. I mean, drones can be made to look like anything. I watched a guy the other day. He took he put five of them together, uh, put different disc, different uh, LED setups on each one, put them up in the sky. Once it got up about a hundred feet, you could tell what it was. It was completely quiet. It had this weird luminous pattern to it. It shifted lights. It would make weird movements, left, right, cross on angles. But it was a drone, and I knew it was a drone. But if I wouldn't have seen it when it took off, I wouldn't have known what the hell it was. You know, I'd have just been like, "What the bleep is that?" And even if you get it on video, you still can't prove what it is because you can't see the props or anything on it. Mm-hmm. And it's quiet. It's not, it's not like you can hear, you can't hear it. I don't want to know, people. It's not good. Oh, it, did, oh, y'all got to see my thing where I was coming out the screen? Yeah, I know. It's like one of the horror movies. What was that one? What was that video drone? I can't, that was the name of that movie. That was a weird movie. It's like an 80s movie or something, video drone, where the thing came out and the gun grew in the stomach. Oh, my God, it was a weird movie. <laughs> I'm sorry, people. Weird stuff sticks with me. So, Michelle, again, how are you? Life treating you good? <laughs> I'm all right, you know. You sure you're okay? You look yeah, a little one tired of, one there. Of those days. <laughs> you look like somebody been whooping up Wayne. You've been beating it. Did you no, have to escape this, the cage again? This nah. is just a day that keeps on giving. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i guess okay. yesterday for some reason yesterday was it took me almost four hours to get from metairie louisiana where i was working yesterday to home which is about an hour drive first it was flooded i'll put a put i'm gonna put a picture up of the flood later on but it's flooded and idiots if you from down here you know drive slow through the flood don't try to go flying through the flood uh, what happens? One, if you're in a truck and you go flying, somebody's allowed to shoot you because you're running water up in their house. And if you're in a car, it just you know the car just sinks. So we, we finally get through the flood. I get my son, drop him off. I'm working my way back to get an interstate. And this car is flooded, sunk everywhere. I'm like, look at this crap. And, you know, I'm, I'm driving my Camry, which is low rider. She's really close to the ground. And I'm thinking, oh, man, am I going to get this thing drowned out? <laughs> I finally get to, it took me like 45 minutes from his house to interstate, which is like a mile. Then, so I'm, I'm cruising, I'm getting ready to get on the interstate, I'm cruising home, 
and all of a sudden my uh, phone comes on and says, accident ahead, one hour delay, route this way. I'm like, oh, shit. So I, I catch the traffic, but finally I get out of it, I get across, get on the other bridge, and I'm going over, and it says accident just happened, just reported, bottom of the bridge. Mm. On, the, on the route, they just put me. Anyway, it took about another hour to get through that. And then uh, another hour when I got to the, the, the state line, I was like, yeah, okay. And then after that, everything I picked up when I got home, I dropped. I was like, oh, right. I said, I think it's, I think it's time to go bitch on the radio for a little while. But the show was good last night. The Centralist is good. Y'all should go check it out. Uh, we're, we're just working it out, How what kind of show it's going to actually be. We are still looking for hosts, by the way. If you're a female over the age of 30... Yes, I'm sorry. Over the age of 30. Really, yes, definitely over the age of 30. If you're female over the age of 30 and you're knowledgeable in politics and you're somewhere a little bit right of central or a little bit left of central, we're looking for a female host for the centralist, uh, which will flip-flop back because sometimes we'll be, be in news on the flip side. So you can catch two. No, we're not hiring no host off the network. I, before, I already knew because I had seen a comment last night about that. No, indeed, no, it's not going to happen. There's no females on this network can talk politics. Sorry, it's just not. <laughs> Some of us can. Well, no, that's not what to. I mean. I, I don't. I didn't mean they're they're not dumb. They're dumb. They just they can't. Don't want either to. either either they don't have the skills, or they're in a position that's going to hurt their show. So it's it it. So no, in this in this particular situation, there's no females. There has been lots in the past, but there are none currently. So we are looking. And we are looking for four new hosts for the network as well. Um, for it doesn't matter what type of show you can you can talk to Michelle, you can send her a letter or myself about if you want to try to get a show on the network, whatever it might be. Um, I can tell you this: we do charge for shows, but if you have X amount of audience, or you're really a developed show that's going to end up with X amount of audience, we can work that out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll make Michelle sponsor you. She's rich. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, welcome to the gray zone <laughs> or tonight, the twilight zone. <laughs> yes, yes, yes right. mm. So, are we ready to get the show? Yes, going? we're ready. Let's go on. I've squirreled around for nothing. All time. right, let's queue up. So, we're going to start off with the formal intro. Um, of course, at Welcome to the Gray Zone Uncensored, and we are streaming live here in the United Public Radio Network 105.3 FM from the beautiful city of New Orleans. Here we are. All right, let's get started. So on June 25th, 2021, the Pentagon released a preliminary report on UFOs and UAPs, which left many people asking themselves, is this disclosure or some kind of joke? On May 17th, 11 months later, came a rare and public congressional hearing First in over 50 years, by the way, on UFO sightings in the U.S. The result seems to have left us, of course, with more questions. Shocker. But I think we're getting closer. It's been a long-standing belief that the government and military has been covering up the existence of UFOs and UAPs. Uh, let's face it. They have high levels of people right now coming forward, and they have been for the last few decades. While others have been shying away from telling their stories, um, for many reasons, of course, gag orders being the big one, you know, threat of being jailed. That might be another one. But um, basically now the Pentagon is switching gears and singing a new tune. And even NASA itself is coming on board with their own research group, which is going to lean towards a collection of more scientific data. 
So just to recap, U.S. Secretary of Defense, after the release of the preliminary report on the 25th, um, basically Kathleen Hicks went on to sign a new memorandum ordering the development of a plan to formalize missing, currently carried out, or mission currently carried out by the UAPTF, which is Unidentified Aircraft Group of Phenomena Task Force. You can go to their website, check out all the guidelines. Uh, everything is clearly listed there. But basically, they are looking to make some changes. So let's fast forward and go down to the U.S. Congressional hearing where we have five photos. So you can go through some of these uh, photos all the way down to the U.S. Congressional hearing. Hey, where's Jodie Foster at? I know, not there. Yeah, I'm just saying, I've seen all the dishes. I expected to see her bouncing around. I, just, I know. Bad joke, people, bad joke. I'm sorry. So the U.S. congressional hearing, there are five photos of that right after Kathleen. So here we go. So a House Intelligence Subcommittee held the first congressional hearings on UFOs in more than 50 years. Testimony was heard from Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence and Security Ronald Moultrie, Deputy Director of Naval Intelligence Scott Bray, who are overseeing the Pentagon's new task force investigating what are now being called UAPs. They have determined that not all UAPs can be identified, which is true, and used an incident going back to 2004 where fighter pilots from an aircraft carrier in the Pacific encountered an object that descended thousands of feet before stopping and hovering. There were, of course, other incidents mentioned, but Scott Braid did make a point of saying that those are obviously the ones that interest us the most, yet dispels the notion that UAPs might be AT, noting that no organic or inorganic material or unexplained wreckage has ever been recovered, which we know is not the case, just saying. So he added, we have detected no eliminations within the task force that would suggest anything non-terrestrial in origin. I, you know, for me, that either tells me that, okay, so it's all you guys, <laughs> you know, or other governments. I or, heard it was the Canadians doing it. So. It might be. Or there's, and we're going to show as we go along, because this show is only part one. We're going to show as we go along that there's definitely been wreckage recovered so with that being said uh it is expressed concern of course that any uap may be a threat to national security agreed last december democrats succeeded in including a stronger disclosure requirement in the annual national defense authorization act signed by joe biden the law requires the military to establish a permanent office on uap research now called the airborne object identification and management synchronization group so Definitely a step in the right direction. But again, it has to make you wonder, right? So, so but let's let's pause for a second here. For, I got a question for the general audience out there. Okay. And then y'all can write to me about this later. But uh, what president do you think really brought UFOs into the light? Mm. Who was it? It wasn't Biden. That's for sure. No. Trump <laughs> Trump did a lot. Yes, but he did. Was it Trump? I don't know. I don't know if it was Trump. Um, was it Clinton? We know Carter actually had a UFO sighting, uh, and he was president, and he had a UFO sighting, so he made it pretty it's, famous. It scarred him too, I think, didn't it? Like it he did. really yeah. was impacted he, it, by yeah. that. And then we had, of course, we had we had Clinton who um, was all over UFOs. He had hired several people to try to find out for him. He was told on more than one occasion 
that he did not need to know and he was not going to come out to Area 51. You know, it's right. a bitch when you tell the president of the United States that basically <laughs> the president yeah. of the free world, you ain't coming out here. I'd have been, yep. excuse me, I'll be out there first thing in the morning, so whatever you're trying to hide, uh, <laughs> you better get your ass together because this is not how this is going to work. Right. And then, of course, there's Reagan. Reagan seemed to have known something. And I'm not sure if it was because of Daddy Bush or what went on here. So here you have a president. And out of the blue, remember, ladies and gentlemen, this guy was a B actor at best. Okay. Then all of a sudden, he's governor of California. did a fair job as governor of California. Uh, And then he's president of the United States. And you're sitting there going kind of he's not like he's a mean guy a vicious guy he always played decent roles you know you know it was just but he was an actor so you never knew what you were actually getting when he was up there talking to you so kinda one like day a situation right now that's that very drama true. teacher very true. you just don't know what you're getting so all of a sudden out of the blue i think he's like 14 months not even that far into his presidency <laughs> and he starts talking about um if aliens were to invade the world how it would unite the planet interesting concept and then i think it was like four months later him and the brits introduced uh, well they started building pine gap which was the joint british defense of outer space now back then outer space meant anything outside of the solar system today for some reason they've moved it up to anything past the moon is okay but still it's not they're not talking about asteroids that's not near earth objects we have three different agencies that track earth near including darpa (laughs) <laughs> so you've got these different agencies. So what is Pine Gap for? What is the defense of outer space? So then he introduces the heart facility. So the heart facility starts punching holes in the ice on its field, all these big guns, these, these big t- beams. And then we find out they started bouncing them off some satellite and bouncing them down to Pine Gap and then being bounced back out. Okay, I don't even know what that was about. And then mm-hmm. he says, okay, we're going to build lasers to defend ourselves against Russian nukes. All right, that's a good idea. Well, I got to see some of these lasers out at Los Alamos when they were testing these spin discs. These things are way too big for shooting down uh, missiles. I, I don't know what they were designed for, maybe cutting ships in half. I mean, they would have been great for like cutting aircraft carriers in half like that from space. Um, I don't know what the hell these things were for, but they weren't for that. So they were taking these discs that were about 80 feet around, made out of metal, and then they would superheat them with this laser and shoot them into space. They were looking for like a new delivery system or a new way to get things into space. And it looked like it worked pretty good, but I don't know what kind of payload or, or how intense the beam would have to be to carry a heavy payload. But here's these lasers that are way too big. So, And then again, he starts with this. What happens if aliens would invade it? Would you unite the word seven times? Seven speeches he talked about this. Instituted three programs basically for the defense of our planet from someone out in space. He knew something, whether whether it's hostile or not he felt like it was Hmm. but since then no other president has taken any of these actions now they say daddy bush and baby bush was looking for some type of gate system or stargate in the middle east that's what all the war was about because nobody could figure out what the war was ever about either time and uh so they didn't really know what this was about he i mean you have a guy out there president out there uh just basically telling us defend yourselves from aliens and then you've got another president who followed him who was a freak about finding out anything he could about aliens hmm. you know he he got he got with the rockefellers um <laughs> clinton hired the rockefellers actually had meetings with the rockefellers on several occasions about what ufos are he pushed the pentagon he pushed NASA. he pushed everybody 
and and still he was a two-term president and he did not need to know people mm. what the hell is that okay first off what the hell is there to know that he does not need to know i mean we're talking about again the president of free world what is it that they're keeping out at area 51 or somewhere that the president of the free world does not need to know about that scares the crap out of me it should you know, <laughs> they're not telling him what are they not telling it could be the people? real justin trudeau you know that's, that might be the thing have. <laughs> i'm just saying it might be no, but seriously if they're not telling him and he's your commander in chief what are they not telling everybody else you know who's not commander in chief and that's what pretty I'm inconsequential and look at the things he knows that the rest of the world doesn't know and he still doesn't know this <laughs> yeah you, you I just know. gotta wonder what 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 is this this secret that the president does not need to know. And it's always the same thing. I had friends in the military and, and, and government. When I talked to him about it, he said, Joe, they're short term. They're only eight years. They don't need to know. These projects are long term. He said, some of these projects are 60, 70 years old. Mm. He said, they just do not need to know. They're not going to be involved with it. Um, I was like, I said, but the same thing for the House and the Senate. He said, that's true. He said, but most major senators and House reps manage to stay for long term terms. However they do it, mm. they manage to stay. And they get in these committees and stay forever. I don't, you know, I don't know. It's, 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 mm. it's just spooky when you tell the president he doesn't need to know. Uh, I just bother. They told Reagan the it same is. thing. It is. They told Reagan the same thing, but because Bush was the head of the CIA before he became president, they told him anyway. And as best we can tell, they don't ever tell Democratic presidents. We, we can't find any presidents that are on the, on the liberal side or Democratic side that have been told. And we can only actually find maybe two Republican presidents have been told. No, people, Kennedy thought, mm. Kennedy never knew. He just thought he knew. He, he was never told. He was never briefed. Right. Um, there may mm. have been one Democratic president way back in the 50s that might have been told. But other than that, mm. for some reason, they've kept it away from him. I, I guess maybe because they're scared they're going to use it for something. It's a weird thing. And they're not telling me, you know, like I said, out of the last 10 presidents, maybe two knew. Maybe our last twenty three new. You know, it's 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 a big secret that we're keeping for whatever reason we're keeping it. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty it's pretty scary when you I think know what about it is because we're gonna find Canadians or aliens. I know what the hell it is. Yes, I do. I know all about it. I know what it is. A whole tribe of extraterrestrials living up there. Tribe, no less. And not just y'all. <laughs> the Norwegian countries are probably aliens mm -hmm. too. Any, anybody who likes the cold that much got to be a damn alien. <laughs> I, I know a normal human would not like it that cold. I know that's what I'm saying. Okay, I'm we're saying, gonna leave that I'm one right there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, hey, wait, wait, I lost my track and where I was in pictures. Um, but but look, guys, pay attention when you hear these governments fast speak it. And, and remember, America just had this big briefing, right? Big briefing, the whole world. Not a bullshit came out of this at all. Plus, most of the military said, Oh, no, it's, it's still probably our, our enemies or somebody. And then all of a sudden, they have two, three days of secret briefings oh yeah those are the ones i'd love yeah. to be one day of on. briefing for us three days of secret briefings and, and then the all end. of a sudden nasa comes out and goes we want in yeah. <laughs> so yeah, what no, exactly was, talking, was said at that secret was, briefing uh, well you know i got i got a tip off on that and i was going to bring it up on the show last night but he said wait till they, they released it which is uh thursday actually think but um I'm gonna tell you something. I'm gonna tell you what three different people at NASA told me. I'm probably gonna bring them on the air in a couple of weeks to talk about this. They felt like it was a bad idea because it could take credibility away from NASA. Now that mm. is possible. It could take credibility away from NASA. If a bunch of NASA scientists start running around saying, 
Oh, look, there's little green and gray aliens. Oh, shit. Yeah, it could take a lot of credibility away from NASA. Now, show one of them gray aliens to Elon Musk, and then that might change everything. Hmm. Um, I don't know how this is going to work for NASA. The military can do it because they're never going to say anything. NASA, unfortunately, is funded by we the people, so they have to fess up. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. The military is funded by we the people, but the military don't have to tell the we people shit. But public organizations like NASA have to, yes. Hmm. So we can get into a lot of their stuff and find out what's going on. So I don't know. Maybe they'll go back crazy and and, and maybe somebody there knows about the Roswell aliens. There was no Roswell aliens, people. But anyway, y'all just think what you want. Okay. I was there. I was there. We're going to continue on with the Pentagon wants to know. All of a sudden, they didn't want to know. Now the Pentagon wants to know. So according to top Defense Department intelligence official Ronald Moultrie, the Pentagon wants to know as much as the public does. And that's pretty much what's out there. And they want to know what's out there as well. He was quoted as saying, our goal is not to potentially, I love this word, our goal is not to potentially cover something up if we were to find something, but to understand what may be out there, examine what it may mean for us. But that word potentially is kind of an odd thing to put in yeah. there in that sentence. Because they know they might potentially have to cover it up. Exactly. <laughs> the you know, Pentagon's last effort was Project Blue Book, uh, well, most well-known effort that we at least know about, which discontinued research roughly 50 years ago. Representative of a Republican, Andre Carson, um, chairman of the intelligence, and Democrat, uh, chairman of the intelligence uh, committee, subcommittee, stated that UAPs are a potential national security threat and need to be treated as such. But for too long, the stigma associated with them has gotten in the way of good intelligence analysis, which I agree. Pilots avoided reporting or were laughed at when they did. This is a stigma that needs to be changed. The public has always known or speculated that the government and military have had a history of secrecy and cover-ups. So why would the people start to trust them now? Right? Because they and get that sexy Biden guy leading the world. Maybe. <laughs> NASA. Now, NASA is commissioning a study team to begin UAPs or examining UAPs in the early fall of this year. They will concentrate on observations of events in the sky that cannot be identified as aircrafts or known natural phenomena from a scientific perspective. This should be quite interesting. Their primary focus will be identifying available data, how to collect future data, and how the data can move to scientific understanding of UAPs. They feel that there's a limited amount of observations, which makes it difficult to draw scientific conclusions about the nature of the events. If you'll notice, Skinwalker Ranch is using a lot of scientific data with astrophysicists and really trying to get down to the meat and potatoes of it. And it actually is really interesting. Obviously, um, everything at Skinwalker Ranch must be scared of me. I was out there for three weeks. I love and, it. And, and I would they, love they it. Must, I would it, take it was that in, boring. Right? No, it was boring. I mean, <laughs> I, I, we, we could do a whole show on what happened while I was out there. Yeah, we it could was, do uh, that sometime. Because it's, yeah. it was boring. Everybody in the radio fall asleep listening to us. What, what was going on, Jack? So we went to everywhere they told you not to go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We found a room on the ground, which 
I love because I've seen it on their TV show and they said they had just found no, 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 no. The group we were with actually was the first ones that found it. It was, um, <laughs> it was just nothing really happened. Nobody got hurt. Nobody got sick. But I will tell you this. Uh, the amount of radiation that we absorbed while we were there was almost 25 times the norm. It was almost like you had been exposed, like if you worked in a reactor facility. Mm. Um, not, not anything lethal or anything like that, but it was high. Right. And uh, I remember um, Marcus Wright went back and they surveyed the whole area. And the place is pretty irradiated. And then, then we found out for sure, we, we pulled some favors and found out that there's a testing range upwind of it. So mm. the place was exposed to a lot of radiation. It goes mm. back to the cattle mutilation thing. It's one of the ways they check for uh, exposure in the deserts. And, and well, not just in the deserts, all around the areas where nukes were used. It's an easy way to test to see if the animals have got radiation in their food or chain or, you know, the parts they take from a cow mm. are the parts where radiation would accumulate the fastest and the most. So it would be easy to find out if there was radiation contamination because there was a lot of nukes we blew up underground, a lot. Mm -hmm. In Arizona, New Mexico, Nevada, Colorado, uh, there was a lot. There's more states than that. So <clears throat> these are where the cattle mutilations happen the most, and that's why. Plus... Almost always when there is a cattle mutilation, the guy, the cow is insured. Aliens don't care if your cow's insured, people, but the government might. <laughs> just a little, just a little secret. Well, because then you're not going to care. You're not going to pursue it. You're not really going to care. Oh, well, it was some weird thing. But, oh, yeah, I got $10,000 or $5,000 or $3,000 for my cow. So what the hell? Mm. Uh, you know, so they, they get their money and there's no big deal. No, no harm, no foul. It was a good idea. Whoever thought it up. It's uh Hmm. But but the whole area, there's lots of areas out there. There's lots of nukes, and, and and that happened to be one of the places uh, that's highly contaminated. I'm pretty sure they brought it up on the show. Uh, I think somebody have finally admitted uh, how much contamination's out there. So when you get right down to it, they could be what you would call skinwalkers. It could be any kind of animal out there that's been mutated, uh, and not just one generation. Now it's because it's since what the 50s, so it could be seven generations. Uh, of mm. mutation since the original mutation so you don't know what's out there but we didn't see anything we didn't hear anything the skies were beautiful they were gorgeous seen some great meteor showers um seen some yaps but um no aliens on the ground no skinwalkers that's that's what glenda said she said you need to go home i'm like she's they're scared of you or something I'm like she said Do people come out here and always have all these experiences you come out here and nothing happens she said it's like you don't even hear crickets out here it's so quiet i'm like they were putting cows in the corrals and deers and stuff, trying to get things to come get them and shit. They even cut one and bled it and brought a trail down oh, the road. Oh, come on now. Ew. Oh, yeah. And uh, still nothing. And you know what's funny? They cut it and bled it, and you know there's coyotes and shit out there. They didn't even come for it. Hmm. Maybe the ground's contaminated. It's a weird place. I mean, but I didn't, I didn't feel like there was aliens there. I didn't feel like there was government there. And I, and I will tell everybody the same thing. The government used to own this place. When the radiation count dropped enough, they sold it. And then, then people had it for a while, and then they sold it to Bigelow. Bigelow had it for a couple of years. He did every test you could think of out there, every kind of weirdness thing you could think of. He went and tried, and then he sold it. But look what he's doing now. He's he's actually researching like like spirituality, life after death, things like that. What did, what did he find over there? To no, lean well, towards this yeah, stuff. Yeah, but big no, didn't find anything out there to lean towards this stuff. Bigelow's into a lot of stuff. <laughs> I don't know. 
man. Like, no, because he sold it a long time. It's been more than 10 years since he sold the ranch. Yeah. So it's not that something else might be leading that. Maybe because he's got to compete with Elon Musk. <laughs> well, there's that lots might of be. paranormal stuff there for sure. Yeah. Not, see, we didn't even see that. And most <laughs> of the people we talked to said they didn't experience that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of hype because of the stuff on TV. But when you go out there and talk to these people, it's, it's, not, it's not what you're seeing on television. They're not having mm-hmm. all these weird experiences. Not experiences going on all the time. The one guy who's been taking care of the grounds for I don't know two decades said he's he's only ever seen two weird things the whole time he's lived there. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's, it's, it, I don't know. Yeah. They're catching a lot now because you see yeah, it. But it's television, so you don't know if it's real or not. Well, of you don't course, know if it's something I mean, coming from someone who's done it. But when you're actually, when you're actually, they're they're videoing things in the sky. They're mm, but they're are they actually in the sky? That's see, that's the thing you don't know because there's a film yeah. crew out there. Yeah. It'd be one thing if these if these dummies yeah, were doing the filming. It, it, yeah. It'd be one thing if there was a non-professional group taking these videos and they weren't being edited. But mm-hmm. these are professional groups and they're being edited. So I don't trust anything I see. I, I've learned yeah, too much enough. because of taps and all them other paranormal oh, people who were faking yeah. shit, rolling stuff around. I just don't t- trust any of these investigations. Maybe you just need to contact um, the owners and say, I want in on this. I have a science degree. I want in. He's a, I don't, in, this, in, this new, in this new group, I don't know. I have to think about it. I would do it. You this, have a science degree. Group. You're a scientist. You could do uh, it. I know, but you know, they, they, they just... And I, like I said, I spent three weeks out there and nothing happened. And I don't want to go out there and everything goes dead because I show up or something. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> yeah. luck. You know what? You know what? Helen of the Good mm-hmm. Witch, you're right. Maybe it is the uh, great that lives inside of you, scared the shit out of everything. Tamara <laughs> wants to know if you glow in the dark now. Um, you <laughs> know what? I, I, think, I, think, I think for a couple of weeks after that, I might have. Oh, know, it was, boy. well, just, just, just for another weird thing. So I was still in the Navy at the time. And I wasn't, I was in uh, reserve duty mm-hmm. and I went on one of the bases. I had to go in one of the areas, uh, one of the, the cleared areas to get something. And I set the freaking radiation alarm off twice. Mm. And I still remember the guy said, what the hell are you doing? I said, oh man, I was out at that damn, I was, when I was, I said, I was out at, um, skin walking around. She's like, oh yeah. I said, dude. So, so they made me go see the base doctor. The doctor ran all kinds of tests. He said, you, you were exposed to a serious amount of radiation. I said, yeah, no. I said, I've already been tested. And they said, no, I'm not going to die of cancer or nothing. And he said, yeah, but he said, that's a lot of radiation. Right. He said, you know, if you lived that day a long time, it would probably kill you. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and there have been some mysterious deaths out there, but uh, I don't know, man. It just, it just, I really think whatever it is is just a remnant of whatever happened after the, uh, after the war and all that testing they did out there. I don't, I don't think it's really alien, and I don't think it has anything to do with the Native Americans or anything else. Even though they swear it does, I just it just doesn't feel like that. Only time will tell, you know. I, I think if they opened it up That's maybe it. I'm to independent there. research as well, it might actually shed some light. Um, we're going to go into the next section here because there's more for you to discuss here. Oh, no. Um, so the Pentagon investigations of ET abductions of military personnel. Um, so abductees being monitored. There's five photos here. Abductees are closely monitored by the U.S. government. Why, if they won't acknowledge the existence of extraterrestrials? So you've spoken about this specific case. Uh, yes. I'll just I just want to read out the rest of this, and then we'll go back to to the Betty and Barney Hill case. Um, there have been many abductees that have had case files open on them, but 
again, military, some abductees make mentions of waking up in underground bunkers and being implanted with a chip of some sort. People who are being tracked by the government have also reported friends and family members being monitored as well. In some cases, while under hypnosis, abductees recall being under some sort of mind control program. Black unmarked helicopters have also been spotted to which some fly dangerously slow and close or low. Others hovering for long periods of time over locations to which victims are known to live or frequent. So while they do this in the shadows, why is their disclosure only touching on UAPs or UFOs? Why are they not coming clean with ETs? Now, many abductees have recalled being dropped off on military aircraft carriers or waking up on military bases, yet they won't confirm the existence of these extraterrestrials. There's belief that people who have been abducted by extraterrestrials from their own homes end up being dropped off at military locations. So the secret, um, you know, it, it's just secrets. They keep spinning the information. So why don't we go back to Betty and Barney Hill? Because there's, there's, it's a prime one of where they were abducted by extraterrestrials and also monitored by ET. And then what are your thoughts on the whole black ops thing and this whole military personnel being taken? Because I know several who've, who've made mention it, who've been on our show, who've talked. Well, about yeah, it. no, because it's, and, and it's something I tell people when they get when they're thinking about coming out. But in their in their case, in, in the Hills case, this was a weird thing because when I heard this case as a young man, I was like, "Wow!" Yeah. And uh, when I got into the field, I hadn't done much research on. It. I was busy with other cases and other stuff going on, and mm. and the things that got you on the radio and television wasn't Betty and Barney Hill at the time. It was like Shag Harbor and Kittsburg mm. and uh, Rendlesham and things like that. And uh, so I don't know what it was. My um, D. Andrew, rest in peace, my good friend, uh, who's my national director one day. She goes, you know, we started talking about Roswell, and we all knew we were going there for one of the anniversaries. So we were, I think it was the 50th. And anyway, 50th or 60th. Anyway, we're going down there, and uh, I start looking in the, in, in the Roswell. And while I'm looking in the Roswell, I'm, I'm talking to Stanton Friedman. I think it was the 60th. I'm talking with Stanton Friedman, and he's telling me about uh, Betty Hill's niece and, and, and another friend of mine, Avis, who was friends with Betty Hill's niece and done a lot of interviews was telling me about it too. So I started looking. So lo and behold, I was on air one night. I said, if anybody's got any of their, could tell me anywhere, some of the early shows that the Hills were on, like in the seventies or, or any of the hypnosis stuff. So somebody sent me all of the guy who did the hypnosis, all of the original hypnosis, all of it. Uh, it's, I still have it. It's on one of these backup hard drives somewhere. Um, so I'm listening to it and something's just not sounding right. And so then I start listening to them talking on the radio. And so Barney's describing what happened the night in the United States after they had left Camden and came to the United States. He goes, so he talks about the, these people who came down, they were dressed in black shirts, black pants, black shoes, black duck billed hats. Mm. This, this is CDC. This is, you know, something military. This is not alien by any means. Mm -hmm. So they, they take them out of the car. They loop their arms underneath them and walk them across the highway and into the field and walk them up the stairs into the UFO. Okay. That is the first and only case I personally have where someone went up a set of stairs into a UFO. Mm. Okay. You'd have to go back into the early forties and most of those were probably not real cases. So what it sounded like. And so then Betty's given descriptions of like slide out drawers, pull down maps, uh, paperback books, things like this. It's just not stuff I've heard about being in the UFO before. I've heard about other technologies, not like that. 
even though Catherine Modern tried to change it later on uh, in her book, she was lying because you can still go back and find the original stuff when, when Betty's talking about this and the way they took uh, fluid samples, which was through needles and razors. It's not how an alien would take a fluid sample. Mm-mm. So, you know, after when I really sat down and listened to it, and then I remember listening to a clip of him talking about being in Canada. So they couldn't remember this, the hotel they stayed at, neither one of them. And they had breakfast across the street from the hotel, but they still couldn't tell you the name of the hotel, even though they could clearly see the sign. Even they both said that, and they couldn't tell you what the name of the restaurant was that they ate at. Later that day, they asked for driving directions. Betty describes him as a white Irish cop. Barney describes him as a black man. Mm. So one's telling you a redheaded white Irish cop, and the other's telling you a, a black guy. So it's not even the same. So they, this is classic abduction 101 in Canada. This is when they were taken. They were taken in Canada because Barney was, uh, because Barney was always a big fascination with the government. He had friends. He had several friends who were colonels. In the middle, he had a colonel that lived with him. And he had other friends that were colonels. So and that's he interesting. He had military connections. Yes. And he had been in psychiatric care since he was a young man. So mm. they identified him very young as an abductee or someone who thought he was. I don't ever think Betty was the abductee. I think Barney was. Mm. And um, I just think she took advantage of the attention. And Betty, I'm not hating on you. I know you, you passed now, baby, but that's just the way I feel. Um, that's what the evidence suggests to me. So he was mm. definitely the contactee. So they knew he was. So they had been monitoring. So they knew he had been taken in, uh, in, in Canada. So they just waited. Uh, they probably had some type of dirigible or some type of craft like that. They just waited for them to come back in the United States. They came down, part, you know, in a lot in a light like a UFO, kind of lit it up real good, set it down because that's you know, dirigible would be quiet. And I got out, came down and got them and took them and did all kind of experiments. But when you listen to the experiments they talk about, it sounds like a center for disease control, someone who had been contaminated, contaminated by something. This is the things they did. And a lot of times they describe these people in suits like the CDC would wear. So same thing with Travis Walton. They also described like the CDC suit. So these are not things an alien's going to wear. They don't need this kind of equipment. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't, and they're that far advanced. Their suits wouldn't look like ours anyway. So right off the bat, I realized that the abduction happened in Canada and the military abduction, which Betty and Barney Hill, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, are the perf, probably the first known military abduction in the United States. Probably wow. the very first known. Um, wow. There's probably others, but that's probably the ones we know. And wait, remember, this is a black and white couple in the 60s who was invited to meet the president at the White House. They, they kept this guy close underneath their arm. They knew he had been being taken. They had been watching him his entire life. I mean, he was, he, he was not in the circle of, of life to have the friends that he had. Right. Right. That's true. So, you, you know, you just got to wonder what was going on there. And I'm not hating on Barney. He's a pretty good guy, but he was a post office worker. He mm-hmm. was a postman. Postmen don't generally hang out with three or four colonels. I mean, colonels are way to hell up there. I mean, mm-hmm. these, these guys are 20 years in, 25 years in. I mean, these, these are loyal. And he had one living away. Mm-hmm. So, right. so he was being watched. He was being monitored all the time. It shows you there's that military connection. Yeah, and these weren't Betty's friends; these were Barney's friends. Right. Um, right. And, and again, he was the one who had uh, had been going through crisis as a young man, so he knew mm-hmm. since he was a kid he was being taken. Right. Um, and he had probably told Betty about it his whole life. And a lot of people got mad at me when I brought this out, but hey, look, you got to go where the evidence takes you, and that's where the evidence takes you. 
Mm-hmm. It doesn't take you anywhere else because when you listen to her speak, and this is what's so great about this because there's lots of tapes of her speaking now. When you listen to her speak, she sounds like she's speaking as a viewer, not as a participant. Because Barney mm. doesn't speak that way. When you hear him speak, matter of fact, on the hypnosis, Betty's just talking about it. Barney's screaming his ass off. Mm-hmm. So you can tell the difference right there because he's the one it's happening to. She's the one watching it as it happens. So on which level, though? From the ET abduction level or from the military from abduction? both. Wow. They probably did some experiments on, on Betty because she was in the craft. Because she was there, were, yeah. Yeah, but uh, not what they were doing to, to Barney, though. Mm-hmm. You know, she said they took him out the room and stuff. He was the one they were interested in. He probably has a direct line somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if they would have had kids together, those kids would be being taken. Right. But that's why that's why Kathleen Maldron's not a contact. She told me one time. I said, "I tell you what, if you are, let me regress you. Let me put you on the voice stress because I don't think she is. Mm-hmm. I I think the family line that I think the person that runs through is Barney, not through the Betty, not through them." Mm-hmm. Right, and, right, and, and I'm willing to put my reputation on day one. And there's a big date debate her and I had about this, Kathleen. It's mm-hmm. it's still posted to the iCar website at iCar right. iCar1.com. You can find it over there. But um, because she changed a lot of things in the books, like she went and said instead of saying it was a map and all, she tried to turn it into a um, like a digital television, which would still not be what people describe they see on an aircraft. So she she was just trying to bring it up to today's technology. Uh, when it was actually, you can mm. tell when you, when you listen, go back and listen to all of their different things. You go back to the seventies and listen to the stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's still a lot of it available out there. You realize that no, because there's three sets of memories too. That's the other funny part. There's not one. When you listen into the, uh, what's his name? Simon's do the hypnosis. There's three different sets of memories coming out of there. Mm-hmm. And the reason, the, the reason there is, is there's an alien memory. There's a, there's a military memory. And then of course there's a cover ups. And uh, so they're all interacting and washing over each other. Right. So then what's your thought on military personnel being abducted? Like, I mean, this is an article. I'm not just pulling this out of my my head. This was actually an article based on um, military abductees that are basically monitored. Well, they are. I mean, there's there's lots of people uh, that we've talked to over the years. Mm-hmm. Near, near Isley's one, uh, KW is one. I'm not going to use her whole name because she's sure, she sure. got out yeah. of it now. That's but, okay. Uh, they, um, you know, they all, all of them are people who served. And a matter of fact, those, there's three of them that have the the, the distinction of serving in the Air Force. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would do all kind of psychic experiments on them, get them to do all kinds of things. They knew they had been being taken, so they would they would pick them up and monitor them and put them back on the hypnosis. They would put them on hypnosis and put them on the stage and have them go through the r- routine of what happened to them in front of an audience. Wow. And to prove that they were truly hypnotized, they would make them do other things out of character uh, that showed that they were hypnotized to the audience. Uh, like one of them, they would make strip another one. They had say another kind of stuff. It was a weird, a weird setup, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, there was a large group of people interested in these abductees. Mm-hmm. You know, and since all of this is so compartmentalized, you know, that's probably one group that gets to work on that where other groups can't. Right. But in the Hills case, it was no doubt that they were alien or, or at least he was an alien abductee mm-hmm. and that they were taken in Canada. <clears throat> but it does really seem like the case that everybody made famous was a military abduction case. And I still remember this. My very first appearance on Coast to Coast, my very first, if we're talking, God, 15, 16 years ago, 17 years ago so. I get invited to coast, my arrogant ass. So 
I get on the air and we're talking about Shad Carver, which is a great, you know, Canadian case. And, um, <laughs> and we're talking about that and a bunch of other cases, Kettsburg and some other stuff. And he asked me about Petty and Barty Yellman started laughing. <clears throat> and I said, you're not going to like what I have to say about it. And I said, it's going to take me a few minutes to explain it. He said, well, go ahead. And, and I told him, I said, I, I don't, he said, Yo, you're never going to change my opinion on, on betting. Bill I said, well, it's fine then. Let me, let me go ahead. So I started talking I'm about 20, 24 minutes in or something. So I stopped because I knew we were coming up to a commercial, you know, because I'm a host. And I stopped and you don't hear anything. It's like, it's quiet. Shh. This is coast to coast, people. It's just, it's just quiet. You can still go hear the archive and it's still available. And all of a sudden you hear George go, well, I'm not, um, okay, we're going to go to commercial. <laughs> <laughs> so we're at the break, which he's never talked to me at the break before. It's the first time ever, the only time ever. And he goes, uh, I think you changed my mind. He said, I, I never thought of it. And he said, your mind does not work like other ufologists do. He said, your mind is definitely in a different league. He said, you definitely see things differently. I said, yes, I see it as a truth and there's a bunch of bullshit. And I said, I'm not scared to say I'm wrong and change my opinion when, when I get enough data that shows we're wrong about something because it happens. Mm. Every now and then, in the 40, 37 years I've been doing this, um, there's been times where we believed one thing and we got enough data to say, no, we weren't right. So our very first one, the very first time we ever did this was with the grays, because when we first started doing this 40 years ago, we thought the grays worked for the reptilians and humans. That's what we thought. Mm. And then uh, five years, eight years later, we realized we were wrong as a group. There was about 15,000 of us at the time working for the organization. And we got, had a meeting, and uh, an online monster meeting, and basically we decided that we needed to fess up because this we thought there was something else going on. So we did. And I caught all kind of shit for it for like a year. Oh, see, y'all don't even know what you're doing. Y'all changed y'all's mind. Of course we did because we're honest. And that's that's one of the things that we're in, one of the reasons I like using the Betty and Barney Hills case because we can show – and a very good argument why we think it's what it is. And it's hard to, to dispute that argument. So it shows that you should change your mind. Sometimes you're not right. It's like Kettsburg. Everybody always told me it was alien. No, I think Kettsburg was not alien. I think Kettsburg was somebody else's, probably Russians. It's uh, Everybody I talked to in the military said that it was not an alien. It was definitely either Russian or Chinese. Mm. They said it was definitely not alien. They've seen it. They said that's not alien. So mm. I don't know. Uh, you know, I was going back and seeing what Summerborn said earlier about NASA releasing it for the military. I hope I hope something gets released. I'm ready for something. See, mm -hmm. it's different for me because I have enough friends in the military and enough friends in the government that I hear stuff all the time. So I kind of have a, a feel of where they're going with that. And I do know that certain parts of our government definitely not only believe but know for a fact that the planet's being visited. So I don't really have an issue with that. It's not like everybody else gets mad because they don't know. And I can understand that. But fortunately for me, I do. But yeah, still, I still can't really do anything with it. I can tell you I know and I can even tell you what I know about it. But I can't tell you who I got it from. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, yeah. I, can, I can tell you that they serve in Congress and in the Senate. But I can't tell you anything other than that. And I can tell you someone serving in the military. And I still can't tell you anything more than that. Mm. I made a lot of friends over the years. And I had real good clearance. And I did a lot of stuff. And. I worked on a lot of projects, so you know, mm. you meet you meet a lot of people when you do that. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, as far as and one more thing about the hills, while I'm thinking about it, when Betty started, I mean, when um, Kathleen started rewriting the Hill case, um, I said, well, you know, 
Kathleen, there's, there's other people out there that know that Betty said this and Barney said this, and you're changing their words. She even tried to change the outlaw, outline of the what the um, hypnosis is. And I love the things of this. Oh, well, they've, they, they identified where the, the star map was. Really? Okay. First off, nobody gives any point of reference, not even the aliens. So just because you got some jumbled up stars that kind of look like something in the sky does not mean you know where it came from. Um, there's lots of constellations in the sky and there's lots of stars and you can move stars and patterns around till you get it to match something, but it still may not be what you're looking for mm-hmm. because there was no point of reference ever given. The aliens never gave a point of reference, mm-hmm. uh, you know, point A to point B. We knew earth was here, but we didn't know anything else. We, we didn't mm-hmm. know where, the, where it stopped at. Uh, and it could have been anywhere. It could have been completely on the other side of the galaxy as far as we know. So it, it, I hate, and then there was this, the thing about the dress, the stain on the dress. Okay. So they decided to have this dress analyzed 20, 27 years after the fact, 28 years mm. after the fact. I'm sorry, guys, but that just cannot be used as evidence. And then they tried to say something about the three magnetic marks in the car 15 years after they happened. I said, you can't do that. That's just, that's, you can't back it's, that up. It's that, contaminated yeah. information. Like, yeah. like, like it's all contaminated. You don't know what it's. Been you through what you're saying though is what makes yeah. it worse mm-hmm. uh so you know and and that's why that book never did really well because a lot of people who had listened to the hills talk knew that kathleen was just trying to make a little extra money mm-hmm. uh and i don't have nothing against kathleen personally it's just that's not how they described that case uh and she did mm-hmm. try to change certain things to, to modernize it so it sounded more convincing but mm-hmm. when you listen to betty in her own words she's talking about it. she said they pulled the map down I've never heard that on any spacecraft ever, pull down map mm-hmm. or sliding out drawers or anything that swing in stainless steel doors. Really? Mm-hmm. I've never heard that on a spaceship. I've heard that on our own stuff, mm-hmm. not on a spaceship. I mean, come on. So mm-hmm. there was just things in there that they tried to change in, in the cleanups because they wanted to sell that book. And I was like, but you see, as a, as a researcher, as a ufologist, I could have probably let that slide. But as a researcher, I couldn't. I was like, no, nah, mm-hmm. I can't. That's, that's just outright bullshit is what that is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's all michelle's fault she caused it anyway i know it's always me yes she was supposed okay. to be on duty that night with the aliens and i don't know she fell asleep maybe she had too many drinks or something they, i don't they, know might they, have just laying down on the, the damn, damn job hills, again yeah. or something <laughs> i don't know amelia was supposed to wake up and amelia must have been out cooking or something <laughs> probably <laughs> okay so the next few pictures are just pictures of the of the helicopters you and we're going to go over to the next very short paragraph, which we've covered before, but I wanted to mention it again because after the disclosure back in June of 2021, I came across this telemetry stations or telemetry stations in Florida. So the U.S. is allegedly building these things along all of these coasts to track UFO UAP activity. What is what is telemetry? The description of the dictionary says essentially automatic recording and transmission of data with remote or inaccessible sources to an IT system in a different location and analysis. The new station will be built in Florida and will use cutting edge technology, tracking equipment and um, well, equipment to record all of this data, which will mostly come from these UAPs or UFOs. So as you can see, there's four pictures. Joe, we've seen these before. These are the plans. And then there's a graph underneath that basically shows where they're going to put these things. So it seems to me that 
they're pretty much already um they're already doing this they're already trying to track these things and they should because i mean in florida this is where you have nasa this is where you know this is this where the space program uh stems from shuttles when when those were a thing and it's where they have everything that goes on there they have a base there so it makes sense that they would put these there have you seen these at all because you spent time down there i can't hear you man let's hit the wrong button <clears throat> these i have videotaped these and photographed these i'm actually i got some in this phone right now i'm looking for them while we're talking okay good 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 it's um these are things you see okay now um where is it eggman babe is that eggman air force base we go by nope Yep. Okay. So, <laughs> right. so, so Eglin is right there on Navarre Beach. It's between Navarre and Fort Walton. Well, it's you do eight, have a, you have a map right underneath that yeah, first. It's a, it's a it's an eight hundred and eighty four square mile base that contains like thirty six runways in it. Some of them in the middle of a swamp with no roads going to them. By the way, wow, um, that's huge. We we've actually filmed a saucer out there landing. We've had all kind of weird shit happen out there. We actually witnessed. A ship putting down an empty in a hotel out. It was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. And there was other witnesses with us. Because usually when we travel, something, and then that's where Linda got the weird burns on her arms too, right there, right up against the gate. It was so weird. Uh, we were sitting there with Joe. Joe was like, I don't know, two years old. So that's like 34 mm -hmm. years ago. God, Joe, you need to stop taking so many damn pictures, man. Jesus. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> God damn. Well, half of these are from the gala at, um, from writers of the future. I need to just empty these mm -hmm. out of here. There's just so many of them. Uh, and then there's some from last year. Oh, Lord. Somewhere in here. And this, there you are posted on my... You yourself up some albums. Make yourself a little, like, a little easier there are, there are some posted on my Facebook pages and on other pages we've done. Just recently right. I posted some somewhere. Because uh, <laughs> we were in Florida. Where the hell are these things? And I got some on my camera when we went down there uh, four weeks ago. Right. I took some on my camera. Well, I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna go do this. But um, these things are all over. But what's weird about this is, so I've been going to Navarre Beach next to Eglin Air Force Base for let's see, 46 years. And that's how long they've been there that I know of. Now they tell you they are early warning radar. Mm. That's what they say they're for. They say they're early warning radar uh, for anything coming in. Uh, also, low altitude radar as well. Now, yeah. how much of that's true is not? They're all over the place, and they're not just on that one base. They're everywhere. They're scattered all over the damn place. Well, this is going all on the coast. Like yeah, I said, there's a, there's a map there that I've included for you to look at where they're putting these things. There, they are. They are all along go. the Gulf Coast. So, yep. there it and, is. and like that one I'm talking about right now is mm -hmm. uh, so it's Eglin Air Force Base. It's right next to Navarre Beach. So there's one on each side of the beach. Right. Uh, where it's a heavy population of people. And what's weird about this, Navarre, we've been monitoring Navarre and the surrounding area for, for 35 years. Because a lot of contactees go down there and get taken. And sometimes you get taken in groups. Like we were talking about the whole hotel. Mm. People go down there and lose weeks at a time. And they don't really think about it because it's a vacation. They they feel vacated when they come home. They're rested and all and tanned. And also they figure they've been on a vacation. And uh, and. But when they mm. start going through their records, like no one's seen them leave the hotel. There's been no charges on their credit cards, no food ordered to the room, no gas for the cars. You start questioning what the hell just went on. Right. Um, your kids start having weird dreams, and then you start having weird dreams. So it makes you question the events. And um, 
There's a lot, a lot of stuff happens along those areas. Now, before Katrina, that was probably the number one abduction spot in the United States by far. Mm-hmm. And not far from there, within about an hour, not even an hour, yeah, I don't know, about 40 minute drive from there is a null zone mm-hmm. where contactees can go and have a vacation from their contact. And what I mean by that is ET always keeps a, a low level telepathic connection with you. It's always there. It's always in the back of your head. And like anything else, like background noise, as, as humans, we learn to ignore it, but it's always there. So, and you don't really realize it until you get into this place, this null zone, because all of a sudden you feel like, wow, there's something missing. Your head becomes quieter. It's, it's a strange thing, but we brought lots of people there over the years to see if it worked, and it works like a charm every time. And it's weird. I don't even tell people sometimes when we're driving through it, and they'll be like, God, I feel like this, where are we? I feel like this thing's been released off my body, and it's almost like losing an attachment. And uh, and when I tell them where we are, we're in the null zone, and they're just like, wow, because, you know, I want to prove it to them. They don't need to prove it to me. I've seen it work enough now that I know it's real. Uh, and there's only three null zones that I even know of in the United States. Well, two now. One of them got wiped out, but there's only two of them left in the United States now where ET doesn't seem to have a connection with you. Something mm-hmm. naturally, either something naturally. Well, the military has a lot of stuff in those areas. A lot of our top secret where we design and, and, and build stuff are in those particular parts of the states. Uh, Boeing, Lockheed, all of them uh, companies have big, big facilities down there. They build a lot of ships down there, too. So it might be what it is. Yes, I don't know, guys. I got so many pictures in there. It might take a week to find this. I keep seeing lots of pictures of Lola. <laughs> if y'all want to see Lola, I got lots of pictures of her, but I don't see it in here. So. I'll have to look on one of my other ones. And I'm not on that big computer where I can look through all my pictures. I'm on the other one. Uh, I'm on my personal broadcast computer. I'll post it, though, later. I'll get it off. <clears throat> it's either on this one or that one, but I'll pull it off and, and post it. Okay. But uh, you, you can go find them. You can use Google Map. Matter of fact, we found some really weird disk things on NASA one time using Google Map. That's posted somewhere, too. Hmm. It's um, But you can go find these just by using Google Earth. And right. I'll show them to you. Okay, so we're going to go on to the next one then, which is a Thomas Thomas Jefferson. Okay, so Thomas Jefferson, uh, there's two photos here, gave a lecture about a UFO sighting by William Dunbar of Baton Rouge, Louisiana, which occurred on April 5th, 1800. The luminous light UFO was the size of a house, he said, and rapidly flew over and crashed as spectators watched. He said it appeared to be 200 yards above the surface of the earth, wholly luminous but not emitting sparks of a color resembling the sun near the horizon in a cold, frosty evening, crimson red. When passing over the heads of the spectators and passing, there was a considerable degree of heat but felt no electric sensation. Immediately after it disappeared, a violent rushing noise was heard. A few seconds later, a tremendous crash was heard, causing a very sensible, he said, earthquake. A sensible Mm-mm. earthquake. I love it. So you could see here that there's um, included a photo, and here is actually a write-up on this, going back to the 30th, 1800. On, back, back then, on they didn't necessarily... <clears throat> Well, I'm saying they don't really think you back then. They didn't really think you were crazy if you saw something flying around the sky. Of course, yeah. now they do. And Tamara, answer your question. Yeah, there's places in Canada uh, where they 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 hotspots for abductions. 
So they can abduct you anywhere, anytime they want. But sometimes, because there are vacation spots and, and gathering spots, sometimes they will use a gathering to grab a bunch of people at one time. I guess it's to save energy or to save time or whatever, but they do. It's like a two for one. The one, so so just just as a weird experience, uh, we went, we were right next to Eglin on the same place. So we walked around this sand dune. It was about 10 of us. We come walking around the sand dune. And look, when you first looked up, it looked like an ocean line had washed up on the beach and was just sitting there. Mm. And people were filing into it, which weirded us out. You could see these weird, squared, rectangular shut windows all over the place. And I shook my head a couple of times knowing that there's no way an ocean line, first off, would be that close that could get washed up on this particular beach. I mean, I know my, my waterways pretty well, uh, just like I know my airways. And I was like, you know, what the hell? Hmm. So I turned around and started talking to Linda and another friend of mine. I was like, what the? What the? And I said, you know, I'm going to close my eyes. I'm gonna, I said, I want to really see him when I open my eyes. Of course, this was a large disc sitting down in the water, uh, sitting down, had some legs in the water, some legs on the beach. It was big, as big as one of the hotels, easy. Uh, probably as two of them. It did have a, a, a platform where people were walking on a platform and being raised into the ship. Uh, literally 50, 60 at a time. Hmm. It was a crazy experience. But, but for some reason down there, we've managed to bring probably over 100 people now that have witnessed things with us. Uh, but I will tell you this. When you talk about that hundred people, every one of them are contacted, whether they knew it or not, they were. Because if they weren't, they would have never saw it. They, they would have just, it would have never made sense to them what they were saying. Hmm. A good friend of mine, Mike, he's he's a Canadian, he's a Canuck. And um, I remember when he came down, and I still remember this. We were tired. We'd been walking on the beach in the fog with all these weird shit happening. So we stopped in this gazebo, this big-ass gazebo. And Mike said, you seen that light? And it was like a crack of light, like like the piece of the sidewalk lifted up and then closed. And I was like, well, yeah, I saw that. And then and I was like, nah, nah, it must have just been some kind of flash. So Mike, I hear Mike, he's talking, talking, talking. And all of a sudden he just gets quiet. And I'm looking at him like, what the hell? And I see him staring up. And when I look up to the ceiling, this thing is on the, on its top feet against the ceiling, its hands on the pole coming down the pole towards the ground. Mm. It's like a cockroach climbing down the pole. It is it's one of the things I got to say when I seen um, uh, that series they did. Uh, what was not taken uh, when they did the series taken? They um, they get some things right, and that was one of the things they got right when they see them crawling down the hallways. They don't always walk on the ground. Sometimes on the ceiling, sometimes on the walls. Grays are funny. Uh, they don't need to walk like we do. <clears throat> so it's it's strange. But so he just freaked. So when he stood up, everybody looked at him to see what was going on. And as you looked at him, you seen. Another gray, another gray, and then the gray coming down the pole. Hmm. Everybody's seen it. And uh, and then after that, nobody really remembers what happened. And nobody wanted to be regressed. So later that night, because we'd been in the fog for 15, 16 hours nonstop. So later that night, we're on Blue Mountain Beach, Florida. Beautiful place to go. Gorgeous place. Fog is so thick, we have, we're holding hands because we can see each other. And um, so we get out there and we make a circle, big circles, because there's 15 of us. And all of a sudden, when the circle closes, all the fog in the center circle disappears, and all you see is this beautiful sky, just gorgeous. And all of a sudden, you see this big band of light. I don't know if they were picking this up, putting this back. I don't know what the hell was going on. Uh, but it was freaky weird. Hmm. It, was, it, was, it was weird. And again, no one wanted to be regressed, including myself. I still don't. How many decades later it's been, I still don't want to be regressed about it. That and the night when we heard the horses sound like they were being slaughtered, I don't want to be regressed about that night either. Uh, some things you just know you don't want to know. That's that's one of them. 
Mm-hmm. Because earlier that night, because we had broke up into two groups of girls and the guys, and the girls were walking ahead of us in the fog in the sand, and you could see their footprints. They were, I don't know, 25 feet ahead of us, 35 feet ahead of us. And you could see their feet, you know, footprints as they're walking, everybody's barefoot. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, you hear them cackling uh, about something, and uh, they got kind of quiet and scared cackling, kind of scared cackling is what it was. And, uh, and they said, you see that, you hear that, you hear that, you see that. And a couple of them said, yeah, I felt that touch me. And I said, are they just screwing with us? Well, as we started walking, we had started catching up with them, and we noticed there were some little footprints three or four inches long, maybe two inches wide. Uh, they were definitely being followed by something. Hmm. And obviously, it was catching up with them and touching them from time to time. Well, they, I, I told them, just stop because we're going to catch up with you all. Just stop. You keep walking, you, you know, and you couldn't see them, so we didn't know what was going on. So just stop. Mm-hmm. And and we're walking, and as we're getting closer, because they stopped, you could hear something shuffling, some things shuffling. So they must have been getting panicked a little bit. They must have been getting, we must have been catching up with them. Um, I don't know. It was weird, girl. That whole night was freaky weird. Uh, we basically, it probably probably lost a whole day, because it was weird. We were 15 hours in the fog, and we came home. We were like a day and a half later. Yeah, that's. That's freaky deaky right there, just saying. But again, there was 15 of us. So there was a bunch of witnesses, like the night, the surfing aliens. There was, there was 12, 14 of us that night. Mm. It's just, you know, it's just nice to have, it's, well, it's nice to have witnesses to it. You know, now how yeah. many some of them would talk to the rest of them would probably go hide. It scared a lot of people. I know Mike, it scared Mike enough that he went back to Canada and never came back to the, to the South again. Mm-hmm. I said, Mike, they ain't going to help you. None of got aliens in Canada. What the hell? <laughs> what do you think, man? To just down here, is it? That's not how that works. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is one of the things. He was our Canadian director for until he passed away. He was our Canadian director forever. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, he was trouble. But guys, get out there, get involved, ask questions, look around. Don't assume everything is true just because it looks like it might be. Because there's a lot of good drones out there now, a lot of good faking people, and there's a lot of people who want to think they want to be abductees anyway, yeah, but are not. Mm, you never know. Yes. Are we ready to go you. to the FBI memorandum? We've touched yeah. on this before. I've added a little bit to it. Um, in 2010, a 70-page declassified FBI re- report was released and made mention of multidimensional beings and flying saucers. Okay, this and, and this report goes back to 1947. It was written July the 8th, 1947 by an anonymous professor and it was leaked online no one is certain out of how he obtained the information the memo was written for the fbi not meant to be an investigative report and 66 pages are not available it made mention of encounters with aliens dating back to 1947 and discs with lightning bolt speed um, as well as other extraterrestrial object the memo went on to state a very serious situation could develop at any time regarding flying saucers the professor and author went on to say that part of the discs have crews and others are under remote control the memo alleges that all human-like and much larger visitors contemplate settling on the planet their mission was supposed to be peaceful no bases as they stay on their ships there are also no hybrids or copies of earthly people mind you again this is 1947 uh, they come from their own world, and again, they say living things, which state much larger in size than humans who visit us regularly and occupy another dimension 
other than ours rather than another planet. So when you're looking into that, it's, they, you know, you've got, this is the FBI. So it's like, why is it one branch of the government comes up with something and another branch just doesn't say anything? Because you they know? love you. No, sure. it, yeah. Well, no, because for a long time they didn't know. They weren't, mm. they were, Carter was going to do it. He was going to make everybody be able to talk to each other. And he just, not Carter, um, Clinton. He was going to mm -hmm. do it. And then he decided not to. And it's one of the reasons 9 11 happened because the agencies, this one knew this, that one knew this, but this one knew this. Not, none of them had all the pieces. Mm -hmm. They would all have been talking to each other. They would have known we had somebody across from Canada. They would have known they were down here looking to do this. And it probably would have stopped them, but no, mm -hmm. that's not what happened. Unfortunately, we just, you know, we, everybody knows what happened. It was a disaster. Right. And, uh, and, and mainly because they weren't talking to each other. Now a lot of the agencies can talk to each other. So, But unless you have a reason to ask about UFOs, why would you even notice it? No, I agree with you. Your, my, your cam is off again. I don't know if it's on purpose or not. Um, no, I'll get in and say, oh, and don't forget, people, when you're looking for information from the government, to save you some some work, there's a place called BlackVault.com. Oh. John Greenwald site. He's been tracking this. I think he's almost forty now. He's been doing it since he was sixteen. Right. He is he is the FOIA expert. He gets shit that nobody can get. Right. Uh, and, and if you really want to save yourself some time and space, that's where to go. I've been knowing him on and off for I don't know twenty years. <clears throat> I know since he's at least 17, 18 years old. So go mm -hmm. check him out, and uh, you know. Yes, I'm plugging him because I like the guy. He's a, actually a real ufologist that actually does real work. And he actually makes documentaries and all as well. So for, I think it's History Channel. So right. what the hell? What is wrong with this thing? I don't know. Did I, did I unplug it? Okay. Next, government deals with aliens. So this goes way back to the Eisenhower Truman days. February of 1954, it is believed that great aliens met at Edwards Air Force Base to meet with President Dwight Eisenhower. The alleged deal was dubbed the Edwards Agreement or the Tau 9 Treaty for the Preservation of Humanity. Basically, the government agreed to allow its citizens to be abducted on the promise that they would be returned safely with only their memories wiped clean. But sadly, many abductees recall very terrifying experiences. The government wouldn't exchange, get advanced technology. There were other species allegedly involved, including the famous J-Rod, a gray, and a grill, a reptilian from the Draco constellation. They were witness, there were witnesses rather to the event. Many whistleblowers and retired government officials have come forward, including former naval intelligence officer William Cooper who made mention of large objects moving towards earth that were determined to be crafts. This was 1953. He spoke of Nordics and Greys. The Nordics offered to assist in negotiating a non-aggressive treaty and offered to eliminate the Greys, but Eisenhower did not accept as the Nordics offered no technology. So contact was allegedly made and the president himself partook. Why exactly is the military acting as though they know nothing of this? So, uh, you know, I don't know. It's out there. You know, yeah. many, many presidents, I mean, Truman himself had experiences and uh, meetings with these greys. It's Well, they say he did. Now, you know, how mm -hmm. much he did, how much he didn't. That's really the question. There is some evidence that said there was at least one meeting. That's mm -hmm. what we talked. We were talking about that earlier in the show. There's, there was at least one that we know of for mm -hmm. sure. And that was at a naval base, uh, not a naval base, a base in um, 
is <clears throat> in an army base in uh, Washington State. Yeah, yes, I agree, one. David. Yes. So, so you know that one was that one was probably there may have been one other, but the fact that we don't have a big reaction from our allies or our enemies suggests that it might not be quite what we were told it was. Um, mm -hmm. it, it may have been more along the lines of, um, "Hey." Uh, we're on your planet. There's nothing you can really do about it. We're going to take your citizens. Uh, it's just how it mm. is. Um, the Greys themselves are just, there's no stopping the Greys. There's nobody out there that can stop it. Maybe the light beams. Yeah. And I, I believe, of course, many governments, you know, Dave was saying uh, the Germans are also into it before us. It wasn't just our government. No, absolutely not. I believe yeah, yeah, yeah. all governments have got <clears throat> their share of. Um, mm, that's, they get crazy now, girl. So, well, so the I Germans, so, so, but look at it from a, a, a just a tech point of view. Okay. Yeah. So I'm the gray, I'm Joe the gray and I'm coming to earth. Joe the Now we know. Confession. I'm coming to earth at about 19, <laughs> at around the year 1900. So or yeah. 1890. So I pull up, I'm looking around at this dumbass planet going, damn, they want me to come talk technology with these people. You got to be shitting me. Really? All right. Let me see who's advanced. When I look around, the most advanced people on the planet is who? The Germans. And not just by a little bit, but by far. Yeah. They leaps and bounds ahead of everybody else on the planet. So here I am. I said, oh, well, <clears throat> I'm going to go down there and try to help them understand alien craft and what's going on. And maybe we'll give them like a cargo ship or something, a little saucer or something. Mm -hmm. So we know from 1911 to 1913, the Germans developed a six prototype flying saucers, one of which was a tank. I don't know what the hell that was about, but, mm -hmm. um, but they developed five flying prototypes. Okay. Why? Nobody was mm -hmm. even talking about UFOs back then. What the hell was this about? Right. Uh, so they start building them. So then it goes along, and then now here, they, here's the Germans. Now they're even going even faster. They're they're, they're really getting ahead of us. World War II's coming up. Hitler's got all this advanced technology that nobody knows where the hell it's coming from. Mm. This is a small, poor country. Germany wasn't even a wealthy country. I mean, it had been pretty beat up from World War One, even though it had conquered a, a large area. It was pretty a beat up country. So you know, here they are. They're they're coming back from World War Two. They're building technology. I mean, they developed the first rockets, the first jets, the, technically the first nuke. I mean, they're leaps and bounds. Mm. And everybody else is playing catch-up. And America only caught up because we stole their scientists. We stole, well, von von Verm is what we did. And mm. uh, so it gave us a, a heads-up. Even though we were developing our own rocket programs, he was still more advanced than ours was. Um, so, you know, you're aliens. You're still looking at the Germans. They're still the most advanced people on the planet. So Hitler writes his book, uh, what is it, Mein Kampf? Is that how you say it, Mein Kampf? And mm -hmm. uh, so in this book, somewhere in the middle of this book, he talks about his dreams and the people who used to come visit him in his room. Fair, blonde-haired, blue-eyed, six or seven-foot-tall, angel-like beings. Mm -hmm. This is description of the of the of the light. I mean, not the light beings, but this is description of the human. They're six or seven foot tall. They usually have long, you know, long blondish hair. They got different sets of colors. Eyes depends on which one you see. Um, and their heads a little bit longer than eyes in the back. So if you're looking head on to them, they look like us, just bigger than us. Um, and he's describing these things just like any contactee or abductee would. Mm. Now, the human aliens are known for some nasty stuff over these. I mean, they're the ones that clear, originally created the slave race that came here when they came here. So, and they did all kinds of experiments. So here's Hitler. All of a sudden, he's decided he wants all these, you know, twin research, all kind of research done on all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. um, we probably a third of what we understand about science, medical science that it came from all of that. Well, I don't want to give him credit for it, but it came from there, from the war. Mm -hmm. 
So, yeah. and, and we started under a lot more things like a special connection between twins uh, that they can sense each other. You know, they, they realize it was probably the first time we were able to m- measure a telepathic c- connection was through twins. Wow. Um, so it, it was, it was a strange thing. And he was doing lots of this research. I mean, all over the place. And some of it was horrific, but he was still doing it. Mm-hmm. And, and, but he was being driven by something. And it sounds like these human aliens came here and said, okay, this is what we need to do. And they were trying to look like they were trying to direct us. The one thing I can see, if it is true, they were trying to direct us to a one world government, but the Nazis come the hell on. I mean, what do you think? There's going to be a revolution. Maybe that's what they wanted. It scares me a little bit because, I mean, you know, both times they contacted the Germans first, not the Americans. And why do not you think the aliens would care whether we had a one world government and one currency? Because you're not going to get into deep space. Without, they don't care about money at all. But yeah. you're not getting into deep space without being a one world government. It's not going to happen. They're not gonna, because then they're not facing one enemy. They're facing multiple enemies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, so this is how they look at it. Probably every world out there is a united planet. I know the races that are visiting here are united worlds. Mm-hmm. Uh, even, even though the reptilians have like nine different um, tribes or whatever you want to call them, right. um, they, uh, they're still a united group. Right. Uh, the humans are united. The greys are united. The light beings are united. Probably everybody who serves in the councils, all how many millions of worlds are out there, are mm-hmm. united worlds. It's probably a, that. I would, I would bet you money that prerequisite for advanced space flight and united planet and a peaceful planet uh, or something that you need to have to get into the council, unless it's a war council. So you're essentially saying there is a council, a government. Oh, there's definitely a council. I mean, you know, come on, you know, like solar warden and, you know, well, you know, I've heard, I know what's funny about the council is, is when I first, first, first time I heard about it, it was 13, 13 beans and a whole bunch of people who sat around and watched other worlds. And then mm-hmm. it went to 15, 17, 19, and we go back and forth. And maybe it does change sizes from time to time. But what mm-hmm. was consistent about it was the light beams were the center. The right. grays were the right. The, rep, the uh, reptilians were the left. The humans were one next to them. And then they went on for some other races next to them. Humans were allowed to attend but were not members. They could stand on the floor with whatever race brought them there. But they were not allowed to participate, and they're not members in any shape, form, or fashion. We've probably got about 500 reports of, of different humans describing mm-hmm. the inside of the, the chamber, so, which is, by the way, abduction criteria. Because if you if you can tell me what it looks like and you describe it like the other 499 people did, then I know you were there. And um, but it is weird. I mean, they talk about um, it, here. This will this will help you some, but it won't tell you. If you've ever seen uh, Star Wars and you've seen the battle with uh, yoda and the emperor you notice where it's in the chambers and that's kind of what it looks like it's a big area that has lots of seats that can move around the seats can actually move around to take the floor there's also extra section in the top there's like some bubbles that are, must be have some kind of liquids and it might be water it might be something else mm-hmm. where uh, amphibious type beings can attend as well mm-hmm. so it's a strange thing um but and from what i've been told there are literally millions there's a water world about i don't know quite a bit larger than jupiter the the, um the floating island that's on it is the size of about jupiter and it houses it's just one massive city that houses all the ambassadors and all their help as a section of the city and -hmm. i've heard i've heard it's described so many times i've heard people when they fly up on it when they're in space and they see it from space um so for me it's it's amazing because the first time you're like oh that's that's good sci-fi second time you're like maybe they know each other Eh, yeah. you get to the 10th or 15th time you're like no this is just information and that's what you have to take it as it's right. one of the reasons i like doing this re- research because every now and then i get i get a piece of the puzzle handed to me 
it, huge, it yeah. all makes a difference, you know. I, I really must have does. I must have two or three thousand pieces of puzzle these days, which is yeah. a lot more than most probably more than even the government's got. But you know what? The problem is, is probably another 10, 15,000 pieces, mm -hmm. uh, and you don't know which ones you got go where. You know, no, you know, exactly. you got something. You kind of like, yeah. Well, I know I got something here. You just have to keep waiting for for more puzzle pieces to come in, and eventually they start to make some sense. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Next one. Uh, Russia declassified Navy records. Okay, so this is one of the newer ones. Uh, it's been believed. Hey, hey, don't that, be talking bad about Russia. Now. He oh, Putin no, might send uh, a nuke on us. Yes, all we need. It's been believed that Russia has always been very active in UFO and USO mm, research. In fact, uh, we've covered a lot of those stories right here in the gray zone. Uh, the Russian Navy have claimed that they've had many encountered or encounters with USO, so unidentified submersible, submersible objects, objects yeah. and apparently they have documents to prove it. Former naval officer and Russian UFO researcher Vladimir Azaza has said that these reports and findings are very valuable, and he speaks of a case that he handled with respect to the involvement of a nuclear sub that was on a combat mission in the South Pacific. The sub found six unidentified objects which were traveling at a speed of more than 265 miles per hour, which were aligned underwater, moving faster than the Soviet K-222, which was at the time the fastest moving sub, and it was going 51 miles per hour. As per their sonar, it was determined that the objects were coming straight for them. Therefore, they were instructed to surface, and the objects actually followed them to the surface. The Navy confirmed that they were indeed real. So there's a perfect... Dun, 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 dun. I know. So there's a little tidbit of something that just shows, yep, there they are. So I thought that was interesting. Well, the Russians have. I mean, they've had a fondness yeah. for UFOs for a long time. There's lots of cases about one that Loads they tried to of dig. experiences, yeah. You know, there was one they tried to dig out, and I think it was 1929 or 1949. Yeah, uh, we covered that one. Yeah, yeah. Well, what they what we didn't cover is later on. I think it was like a decade later, it just disappeared. Ah, bah, bah, bah. but it disappeared uh, from the only witnesses was there was a guy working in a warehouse. He said it it vibrated, hovered, and floated out and just disappeared. So it took that long to repair itself. That's wow. crazy. That is crazy. Holy it also crap. lets us know that they can self-repair, which is even crazier. Even crazier, um, organic. Yeah. But the Russians. Yeah. I mean, is you know what's funny about this is is the U.S. probably now has a probably a better handle on this than any other country because we've collected more data over the years. Mm -hmm. But I think what the U.S. has decided to come out of it now is because Russia and China both do track this because they right. think it's ours, just like we think it's theirs. Uh, right. The Pentagon admitted after the briefing uh, last week, week before last, that oh, they just said oh, it's just probably somebody else's. Okay, mm -hmm. so I can go with somebody else's. So, but the problem is, is if you want to go with the last four or five years, maybe the last ten years, we'll even say the last twenty for sake of argument. Mm -hmm. That's how long we've had decent drones. But anything before that, you can't say that. No, the, you know uh, the Foo Fighters of the World War II era. I mean, mm -hmm. nobody knows what that is, and and they didn't have this kind of technology. And drones today could emulate a lot of that. They couldn't do them speeds that they were traveling back and forth, mm -hmm. but they could they could do rolls around the aircraft and stuff like that, and run tail the front and do weird mm -hmm. moves all around them because they're designed to do that. But you kind of know what they were anyway, right? But these right. things were fast. They they would come streaking by. 
pilots would say they'd just zip by and then they would stop out in front of them like nah 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 and then as the craft got closer they'd dart up towards the, the props and then roll around the plane and roll around the plane and roll around the plane and then take off and come back and then sit on top of it and just kind of hover and poop going underneath it and kind of hover you know we just it's it's just technology that's far beyond anything we have today they're just too fast Mm-hmm. And you can't write that off. You could have said, "Oh, yeah, this pilot, that pilot," but you had—I forgot—it was over fifty pilots in the U.S. Navy said they saw it. A bunch of Air Force pilots said they saw it. Mm-hmm. A bunch of British pilots said they saw. It. A bunch of Germans, and so right. they so they seen it in the South Pacific. They seen it in the Atlantic. They seen it in the European theater. Nobody mm-hmm. knows what the hell this was. Right. Every so every that. military that was flying at the time in the war had seen mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like these things were going, y'all are playing there with little prop engines. I'm like, get the freak out of here. This is too cute. I can just see an alien now going, oh, man, I got to get a picture of this. Let's see if we can get their eyes open real fast uh-huh. when we go by. Um, it's, it's, there are certain things. That, and, and like I like to tell a lot of my friends, when the further you go back in time, the easier it is to prove extraterrestrials. And then I know that don't make any sense. I said, it makes excellent sense. I said, because after you get back 200 years, there was nothing flying in the skies at all. That's, no, and no, that's what makes it more credible. And you and I have found the gray zone has covered stuff that has gone by like hundreds of thousands of years. And we've looked at petroglyphs that are tens of thousands of years old. So we know there was definitely things yeah. going on on this planet. The ancients coexisted with extraterrestrials and spoke of it, wrote of it, and they, they just it. called them demigods or things like that. Yes, but they did. Yeah. We we've got yes. we've got Egyptian emperors that their yeah. heads are just are, are shaped just like what they say the uh, uh, yeah the aliens look like, you know, so all the human yeah. aliens look like. And they even talk about the roundness of the front of the face and that's what they look like. It's mm-hmm. almost almost like an oriental look almost. So it's 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 you know, you have all of this stuff out there. And then you've got all the Renaissance era, mm-hmm. all these pictures of Jesus with, with things flying in the air with people inside. Oh, of my them. God. You've got, descriptions everywhere. Of, you've got You've got yes. the, what was it, the Israel incident? I can't remember if it was Israel or if it was one of the countries in the Middle East that had been under siege for three years. And out of nowhere, the opposing army had been sitting out there. had been in siege and nothing, nothing was happening. Nobody could get in. And some shield came over. Mm-hmm. Started glowing blue. A blue beam came down and hit the gate, blew it into smithereens, and then left. And they, they invaded and won. But what's great about this story is, is both armies reported the exact same way. Right. So there's no, there's no, you know, because people yeah. always say, well, the winner always records history. That's true. But in this case, you had to report from both sides. That's right. Um, so it was hard to get away. So what the hell was that? This was 600 years ago. There was nothing flying around the sky. Get the hell out of here. What the hell was that? I know. What, a yeah. meteor came and hovered over and blew it up and then left? The meteors don't do that, people. Come on. Mm-hmm. Um, but you got lots of stories like that. You got things hovering over, people being taken and put back. I mean, alien abductions go way the hell back. Um, this this does go back. And this is why it's all, it's only been in, in the last you know what 75 freaking years or 80 years that this has become a don't talk about it thing um and yet uh, i just want to read david's comment here it goes there was a pastor in black hawk south dakota that said he was a navy seal sent to meet with aliens coming out of a hole in the ocean off the coast of california not surprised at the california coast just saying uh, and then the half human giants went underground during the flood at the, the old Testament. Yes. The old Testament is loaded with stuff like that. Absolutely freaking loaded. Um, 
I'd like to jump over to the next because I don't know how much we're going to actually get to finish, but I'd like to finish this one because yeah, pretty, just finish it. Out. We it's got pretty cool. To it. Oh yeah, well, we got time. I'm not really worried about it because it will be a part two. Because oh my god, I got a lot of information to share. Um, but the War Years, 1939 to 1945. So apparently there have been many documented UFO sightings going back. Uh, from 1939 to 1945, during the Great World Wars, pilots and other personnel who have been sworn to secrecy or threats of incarceration have passed on, um, and others have been coming forward and telling their stories. Many people, even upon being on their deathbeds, um, had told of strange stories of getting them, I guess they just want to get it off their chest, and it became very important to get the stories out. The stories made reference to unexplained light, impossible aerial maneuvers, conspiracy theories, crashed spaceships, and international cover-ups. That's going back wartime, guys. There were even photos of mechanical devices not of this earth which surfaced. There were claims of man-made foundations which existed on the other side of the moon even and spoke of secret bases all over the world, like the one, for example, in New Mexico, which allegedly goes seven levels into the earth. And, of course, you can't see it from up top. But these were just some of the stories that started to surface during wartime. There's three pictures with that. And these old photographs are allegedly from wartime. Yeah, see, the, I, no, I was listening and I was just thinking bring about up, when you yeah, were Bring up the pictures, Joe. Bring up the pictures. Uh, I'll just hold on to your pictures now. Okay, good. Okay. There we go. Ooh, there's yeah. a two. There's two there and there's one more underneath the there. The Battle of 1948. Dun, 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 dun. Let's dun, blow dun, some dun. Yeah, and then Let's this guy. Yeah. This one's in Italy. Yeah. Look at these little three dots. These big planes all over. They well, don't even seem to be scared back. as well, They're further back, right? So, I don't know. It's interesting. It's it's very cool to see uh, the old photos. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of stories starting to surface. So, this is not a new thing. You know, pilots seeing things recently. And this is not a new thing. This has been going on for a long time. When we can look back to a story from 1800 that Abraham Lincoln spoke about, it's like, come on. You know, like this is in the archives. There's documentation. There was a letter. You know, there was a newspaper article. Like this stuff is surfacing. You and I have covered on the show so many old sightings. That are all still because documented don't, don't, because uh, I could find the info and yeah. believe me, it wasn't hard. Well, it's the old sightings that really make the difference anyway. I mean, yeah, the, the new sightings, it's too easy to fake stuff now uh, and hoax things. So the old ones are, are more uh, uh, going to be better evidence. Number one, they were taken with cameras so you can do gray, uh, gray pixel on and see if they were faked or not. Mm -hmm. um, even if they're done with you know, low image digital, you can still check them. But today with all this high engine, dimmable, high HD and <clears throat> all this other camera stuff, Mm -hmm. It's too easy. I can go out right now and take a picture of my bayou, come back in a little while, put Nessie in there, in, in there, and then crop it in, and then take it out, download it from the, the phone to the computer, and then back from the computer to the phone. And even if you test it, it was I took it on my phone. There's no way for you to know the difference. Right. And look at the drones, things that are out there. It is, it is getting a little harder to, or easier, rather, to fake to fake things you have to be very careful you do but maybe that's what they want too you know 
Well, now it's great because the government can do whatever it wants with, with little or no caring. I mean, they're doing whatever, mm-hmm. and we don't know what it is. They're, they're having a ball out there. And, and they're just, oh, yeah, no, that was a UFO, man. Well, yeah, that was a UFO. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. that was a UFO. And they're not going to argue about it because it was a UFO. Right. It's, it's yeah. like with the Landry case. It's one of the reasons they got out of uh, any big settlements is mm-hmm. even though they seen all them helicopters and planes with it, it was still classified as an unidentified flying object because nobody would admit to what it was. For sure. Now they did settle to some extent, but not a lot. But mm-hmm. um, but these people, this was either an alien craft that we were given, or something we were developing. What I thought it was, and I talked to Stan Freeman about this. I thought it was a nuclear aircraft, because from the description of the highway and the burns and the, the cancer, uh, it sounds like that's what it was. It sounds like they were contaminated because where they were, the car wasn't where they were standing. The asphalt actually started to melt. Mm-hmm. And the oldest one, she got cancer. Um, pretty serious cancer. <clears throat> and the other ones got sick as well. Uh, it was like they had been exposed to cancer. And they described this thing coming over. It was big. Uh, it was flames and shit blaring out all of the sides and underneath it. And there was a bunch of chase planes and helicopters following behind it. Mm-hmm. So it was ours. But, you know, obviously it was something we didn't know how to do. And nuclear aircraft is a great thing for space, you know, because the radiation in space is fine. They wanted to do it on Earth because you could fuel one plane off of one ride would probably be enough fuel for, I don't know, a decade. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they could fly back and forth. But sooner or later, you have to take it out and dispose of it. And, and it would make, you know, basically um, commercial airports would become nuclear facilities. Mm-hmm. And we didn't want to do that. We figured some crazy bastard blow up a, 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 an Air Force thing or blow up a plane and drop it. Like, like if the Twin Towers, we would have had, uh, if they'd have been powered by nukes, all of New York would have been irradiated with a you know, nasty bomb. So was just something they decided against, which was probably a good idea going the way mm-hmm. our planet developed now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd have to say it was probably a safer way. Uh, yeah. um, no, guys, we're in. No, you can get all, all of um I know for sure that UFO Paranormal and uh, UFOs, ETs, and uh, Gods are on there. there. You can go on those too. I think mm-hmm. I might even put uh, International on there as well because I think it's back now, so I probably did. Yeah, they're up right yeah, now. So you, uh, yeah, I could have looked up BNC. You know. Oh, I see Michelle's redhead up there, so she's on there too. Yes. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay, so next we're going to Colonel Robert Friend, director of Project Blue Book from 1958 oh, to 1962. He noted... And was quoted as saying in his last interview, they know what UFOs are. A recently released film by director James Fox entitled The Phenomenon explores ET and UFOs while touching on the longstanding cover-up. It goes on to further touch on the international mystery with respect to UAPs. The film had the on-screen participation of several intelligence and military personnel who went on to share whatever information they could, and the colonel was one of those people. He stated that as a UFO researcher himself for 15 years, that there was plenty of evidence to suggest that these objects were indeed extraterrestrial. So there you go. And he was your director of Project Blue Book, for God's sakes, for, you know, four well, years. There, there was, there was, well, Project Blue Book never came to any conclusion. And, and they left, no. I think it was 700, it was either yeah. 720 or 920 cases unexplained. It was a lot of cases. Yeah. But they went through a lot that they explained. Right. Um, but people forget there was Project Grudge and Project Signs, then Project yep. Blue Book. Yeah, we've been doing this for a long time. Exactly. Um, we, this is just, just the one that people seem to be 
familiar with and well because it was, course, it was it was the one talked about the most and uh, it's of one course that, and there was a show on it but, yeah so but you also it, have a whistleblower from it and and the fact that he was his director is pretty credible to me it's it's um project blue look was interesting we talked about it a lot we went through a lot of the cases on it in the early days yeah uh there's a lot of good stuff in there but it doesn't really help today's argument any other than the fact that there's fact that there's almost a thousand cases unexplained it doesn't really help the argument. It doesn't, the detail, the way they took details and all were, they were trying to do it in such a way that the air force could explain everything away. It's just in some cases they couldn't, there was just no other explanation than something other earthly. It didn't have to mean it was alien. It just had to be other earthly. So that's how they said it. Right. Right. Uh, you know, exactly. It, it, but you know, there's lots of cases out there and the government's been tracking this for a long time. We know that the, one of the reasons the government switched from, um, remote viewing to using telepaths was because of people who had had extraterrestrial contact. They had started, once they had started doing military abductions, they realized that there was highly skilled telepaths out there. Uh, mm -hmm. Telepaths that could even give them a run for their money when needed to. So uh, they, they started taking them and either most of them probably went on their own. I think some of them were forcibly recruited, but still uh, mm -hmm. they still do that. I mean, one of the reasons they do mill apps is to find uh, really good telepaths. Mm -hmm. It's one of the, it's one of the, the parts of the program uh, and they test for it. Now, you know, and a lot of people will try not to, but they'll do a force test or they'll do what they call a drug to test where mm -hmm. they put you on a, a pentothal or something and you're just kind of, and then they just let you, they'll start asking you questions, but they won't ask you verbally. They'll ask mm -hmm. you through their head or they'll use another telepath. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's interesting the way they do that kind of stuff. And mm -hmm. they know, they know that there's really good ones out there, but see, they, even they know, if you want a telepath, you need to get somebody who's being taken, a contactee. That everyday people just don't have it. You're not going to find it in a random population. Well, they might, but maybe they just don't want to talk about it because nobody wants to. A lot uh, of people you're, you're just not going to They don't want to know so, about it. So ETs, a lot of people don't remember this, but in the early days, in the 70s, they used to test for extra, uh, extra mm. perception in schools. Mm -hmm. In all the schools in the U.S., there was actually a test for it. Wow. It just yielded so little that they quit doing it right. because they found out that everyday people do not have the ability. This is a right. gift from being a, either close to contactees or, or because your family's related to them, one or the other. Yeah, maybe and, it's and, just something that they know how to trigger, how to wake up. Well, no, it's, it's more ability. than likely It's more than likely that because of the original contact. Right. Um, that's probably what it's from. So mm -hmm. that, And it's just been handed down, and it gets better each family generation. So think of it like this. 5,000 years ago, you know, or 10,000 years ago, their telepathic abilities might have been very weak. Today, it's, it's much better. But mm -hmm. the rest of the population is nowhere near that. Yeah. So there's a segment of our population that is leaving the other population behind. That's dangerous, especially mm. if it's in a, in a telepathic way. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that can be dangerous for both sides. I don't know how that's going to play out. Mm -hmm. or, or maybe they know, because it's like 15%, maybe they know eventually, just like green eyes, we used to be 2%, now 18 it'll mm -hmm. breed in. By interbreeding, mm -hmm. it'll read into the population. At least maybe that's what they're hoping. But maybe they don't care. Maybe they know that this 15 to 18% of the population is all they need. Maybe the rest of the population is going to bite the big one. It's mm -hmm. just that we don't know what they're thinking because we don't know what they know. Right, right. Here's yeah. a comment that I actually think we should definitely make mention of because this is probably correct. The, the X-Files and the Fringe are just some of the programs that are made to desensitize us from the shock of the truth that they will eventually have to bring to light. Um, and basically that is very much, you know, Star Trek as well, slowly, you know, ahead of its time, but bringing us into being used to seeing 
um, like first off being in space, second of all, seeing other races out there that look different. Um, you know, the politics of that, um, things like replicators, you know, one world sort of government, you know, you don't, it goes to that whole thing. Like you don't really own anything, but everybody's sort of happy. Go to replicator, push a button. Oh, there it is. So again, I just being ahead of its time, I think trying to, cause remember this is like what the sixties trying to bring people into the whole, Hey, this could be the way of the future. Now, it, it's, I, I don't know where, where it's going, but it doesn't seem like E.T. is really concerned with the rest of the population on the planet. Right. It, it just it just doesn't. When you listen to contactees talk, they don't seem to, to, it's not that they harbor ill will towards them. They just don't really seem to bother with them. That's mm -hmm. what I always say, and, and, and I've been preaching this for a long time. They've already disclosed to everybody they want to disclose to. That's why there is no disclosure because, you know, they don't really care if everybody else knows. All they care is if the contactees know, and they want them to know, but they don't really care well, if Joe Schmo out there knows. It's your not governments care. know, your military knows, and, no, um, think and we, we all know they're not all freaking exceptionally well, gifted. So think about this. The government wouldn't be out there begging for our help if they knew. Right. So that's the problem. And, and, and from time to time, and every now and then I'll even get threatened about it, but from time to time. Well, the government wants it <clears> too. Well, see, in the beginning, they didn't know who to trust or, or who to talk to. Hmm. And um, and they still really don't. They just know that there's something going on. There's enough good researchers out there. But see, what bothers them is they always get the uh, what I call the face ufologists always get sent to them, but they don't know anything. Mm -hmm. They're just writing about other people's stories or writing about stuff they've heard, but they're not contactees. Uh, they're not even really researchers. They're more like authors or historians or stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So that, that, that's not going to help what the government's looking for. The government's looking for people who say a direct contact. Or somebody that has information, real information. Same reason Bigelow tried to hire on MUFON and it turned into a, a, a joke was because nobody at MUFON had any real information. They don't even like to talk about abductees. They tried. They tried to do the star team and all, but <clears throat> they only did that because we forced them into it. Because hmm. we said, how can you be a research organization like this and not even look into what people are saying? And they finally started the star team because of, that was directly because of us. Mm -hmm. They tried to him and haw and say whatever they want, but that's the reason they started it. Because mm -hmm. I, I, I just had their direct on and tore his ass up about it. And like four weeks later, they decided to, to try it out. And I did. I tore his ass up. Mm -hmm. I was like, come on, dude. How, how can you call yourself a legitimate research organization and not be looking in? I said, even if you find out these people are lying, <clears throat> you still your duty to find out. Mm -hmm. to let people know what it is. But, you know. Right. Right. You mean today what MUFON is? Don't get me started on MUFON. Uh -huh. How's right. this? We haven't got enough time to talk about MUFON. Now we're going to go to the next one, which is Dr. Bruce Maccabee, retired Dr. Navy Bruce. physicist. He predicts that the U.S. Navy Special UAP Task Force will confirm that some of these crafts are indeed controlled by non-humans. He dubs the non-humans NHI, and he claims that they aren't sure where they actually come from, but likely other planets. Of course, many ufologists and civilian researchers have always suspected this to be the case, but he stresses that if the task force discovers evidence of them, that it will write up an unclassified report and that the president and leaders of other countries may want to consider developing a worldwide policy of coexisting and interacting with them. I agree. 
Yes, we'll see where that goes. You know, though, this always brings me to one of my favorite episodes. Was it the Twilight Zone or was it Outer Limits? So uh-huh. aliens show up. <clears throat> you know, the aliens show up to our planet. And they're they're looking around and they're really disappointed, right? And they're they're like, Oh my god, this is a joke, blah blah blah, mm-hmm. blah blah blah. And this isn't they said they were they helped create us. So they're like, No, this is not what we wanted from y'all. Mm. This is just a, a, a unmitted disaster. We're gonna wipe y'all out and start over. <clears throat> so the UN gets together, they get everybody together, they do this plan, they get all the world to decide to get rid of their arms and become a one nation. So the guy comes in, the alien comes in, he's talking, he said, What? And he looks up and orders a planet destroyed. He said, no, we built you to be a warrior race, not this. And he wipes them all mm-hmm. out. He wipes everybody out. <laughs> no more earthlings, man. Wipes them out. And you got to wonder, because if we were designed by aliens, we do have a, a mean streak in us. So are we, de- are we designed to be the next generation of killer soldiers in the grand war in the universe? Mm, maybe. I don't, I don't even think there's any fighting going on in our galaxy anymore. It's probably peaceful and quiet. It's maybe, a, maybe, maybe. I the, don't know. The, the light beams really on, and they're not like the noisy aliens. They want it quiet. Uh, they're like, <laughs> no, no blowing shit up, people. It gives them a headache, I guess. You know, yeah, people write to me all the time, oh, I'm carrying a light bean around. I'm like, really? That'd be like toast. A bean that can convert itself into pure, or that is pure energy, is not going to be able to put its whole self into a human. It would, it would it would just ruin us. Maybe they could break off a little tiny piece, maybe, and, and put it inside of you, but nothing more than that. You know, light beans are light beans are beans that can travel across the cosmos without ships. They can create Earth with thought. They're just mm-hmm. way ahead of us. It's not that they're gods. I mean, you could think of them as gods because of the powers they have, but they're not. They're just aliens. They're just really, really, really advanced. They've been around. If if you believe what the greys say, light beans are at least two and a half billion years old. Mm-hmm. At least, and the greys are either a billion or real close. The other races seem to be a little bit younger, five hundred million, six hundred million, stuff like that. Mm. Million, which is still old compared to us. I mean, that's why when humans start talking about all this stuff, I'm thinking, so we're two million years old. There's seven hundred million years old. Which, which, who do you think knows more here? Um, it's 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 a given, but we always have to make it about us. It's what make the research so hard, mm-hmm. especially with abductees. They always want to make it about them and. And instantly, when you when when they start on this trip, and it's me, this, me, that, me, this, more than likely they're lying. It's uh because it's not how aliens work. Mm-hmm. They're really looking for the humans who are out there who want to help, uh, want to do things, want to be communicators and pass the word, want to help on board the ships, but don't need to have their ego fed. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, so they're they're kind of funny about that. I guess it's just a thing for them because mm-hmm. I don't know I don't know how you would register a gray's ego. I would imagine they have one. What it what it what it is compared to Oz, I don't know. Since they're brilliant. So as we're getting closer towards the end of the show, what you know, obviously we've got a lot that we'll we'll put in part two as well. But you know, do you think that when push comes to shove, if government or military comes out, because I mean it, it looks like it's it's been happening all this time for whatever reason. There's all this documentation out there already with by reputable people, some ex-military, you know, some ex-CIA. That's all going to go to next week now. We'll just let that go next week. Yeah, we can just, we just, yeah. But, you know, there's a lot of really reputable people who have come out and been whistleblowing. And now they're like, okay, well, we have to come clean. 
I don't know. Is is what are the pros and cons to to all of that? Because it'll make them look ridiculous because people have been whistleblowing. There are documents here that go back a really long time. Um and reputable people putting their reputations on the line. You have people who were told they were under gag orders and they were, you know, had to sign something, even like, no, you don't talk about this, non-disclosure. But now they're able to talk. So can you take anything that they say with respects to military Pentagon? Can you take them seriously? Or, you know, are they just sort of making themselves look ridiculous? Like, for where your standpoint, what are your thoughts on that? I don't know. That's a tough one. Um, yeah. Whistleblowers are a, a tricky business because a lot of times whistleblowers are garbage blowers. So it's, 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 mm, it, you, people. You, yeah, but reputable don't mean anything. Look at, look at y'all's own um, minister of defense in Canada. Okay. He should be reputable, right? I mean, he was, the Minister of Defense for Canada for a long time too. Mm, Paul Hillier, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Paul yeah. Hillier. He should he should be reputable, but he's not though. Mm. Um, and and he's not taken that way. He's not even taken serious by any governments. Why? I mean, we know what he did. It's like Alfred Weber. He was a science advisor for Jimmy Carter, but he's not taking serious. Because, Why? Because it's it's they don't want to talk about it being real. They're not going to give credibility to anybody who comes out and talks about that. This could stuff. be it, but it could also be sure. be that they would be in fed disinformation. So there was a lot of this going on, and there's still a lot of this going on. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of projects out there where it is sheer just disinformation. So you get the real, you get the sort of real, and then you get the disinformation. And a lot of people who come down in the fields, they come to work in the fields, are disinformation experts. That's what they do even though the, the field embraces them because for whatever reason, there's still this disinformation because, you know, ufology is a 50 year old field, 40 years mm -hmm. old that's been representative and it's accumulated. It's done nothing. Zero. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even, even they're trying to take credit for the government wanting to see things. No, that our government's doing it because other governments have already started doing it. And it's not because of pressure from mm -hmm. them. It's because our governments have actually caught enough on military uh, instruments that, Oh wait, maybe we should check into this. Mm -hmm. uh, but see, that tells you there's a, there's a, there's a break in the government. So somewhere deep inside our government, they know that aliens are real, but the ones checking out the yaps and all don't believe aliens are real. They're mm -hmm. looking for proof or evidence of it, but they don't think they're real. So there's a disconnect there. Well, there so, is because you've got people, you know, who are, you know, former CIA directors, former director, of blue book you've got you know astronauts you there's there's really reputable people saying no we've seen this no the evidence is there you know it's not just whistleblowers these are people who were there there's there's some great look i tell people all the time and, yeah. and it's when, especially when I, I do a lot of lecture one of the things i talk about is mm. astronauts i said I, I will never understand the people we hire to go find et we look at like they're stupid when they tell us they found et I mean, these are guys, I mean, don't forget people, we pay astronauts to find DT. They're out looking in space to find their, their explorers, They're looking for whatever's out there. They're looking for ET. And when they find DT, y'all are all like, oh, no, no, that, that's a lie. Now, I know once or twice. people have found ET. I know once or twice people have tried to call Neil Armstrong a liar about his story about the moon. Um, mm. I never, I never, before anybody asks, I have never personally heard Neil Armstrong say that thing I met a reporter who was there and I verified that he was there, uh, was credentials. He still, he keeps all his credentials because he was there. He's mm -hmm. also got a signed, uh, 
thing from where he was talking with Neil. So doing that interview, and he's, there's three other people that were there that interview that also said the same thing. He mm. said that there were aliens on the dark side of the moon. He mm. said, and that they had come to the, the camp to warn them off of coming back to the moon. Right. Now we still went back. What was that? That was Apollo 11. So uh, 12, 13 didn't make it. So 12, 14, 15, 16, and 17. So another five missions went back. And then we still had three paid for. 18, 19, right. and 20 were paid for, but we decided not to go back. Now, I had an interesting conversation with somebody. Was it yesterday, the day before, about it? And they seemed to believe the other three paid for Skylab. Uh, they used the parts and stuff to make Skylab. Maybe so. I don't know. And that, that was the first time I've ever heard that, but it is a pretty good, pretty good one. But right. still, you know, we, we've got we've got at least at least I know for sure. And the Mercury, Gemini and Apollo astronauts, at least 15 of them said they saw aliens or saw a spacecraft or things like that. We've got probably twice that many in the shuttle missions. And then I forgot his name, Larry Chandler, I think it was. He made a video of all the weird shit they seen in space and put it up on YouTube and NASA flipped out. Um, yeah, last I heard it had been chopped up into a bunch of little videos, but still, it's out there. Mm. And because uh, it's been weird shit following. There's one great one where the guy says, you hear the guy go, is that ice from the thrusters? He said, the thrusters aren't on. And the guy looks at him like, what? He said, the thrusters not on. And then the thing changes directions. And you hear mm. them both just go quiet. Because look, nothing, you know, you can only change directions if it's under control. Because mm -hmm. uh, nothing hit it, nothing bounced against it. It didn't touch anything. It just changed direction. That whole video, it's a good video. I think it's, I, I want to say it's STS 41. I could be wrong. It could be one of the 100s, but go check it out. It's out there. Um, the best way I would do it is I'd type it in STS mission UFO uh, ice particles and see what comes up. Uh, mm -hmm. It's a really good video. There's a lot of good stuff. There's been other videos taken by them. There's been videos taken while the astronauts are working on the space station. Um, now we've also got Chinese and Russians working on their own space station saying they saw stuff. The mm. guy, the Yuri, whatever his name, who spent a year up there, he said he saw, yeah. Yeah, he said he saw all kind of weird shit up there. Uh, of course, they just tried to, oh, you're up there every year about yourself. You're just going crazy. No, he saw some weird stuff up there. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of stuff going on. Oh, I tell you what, Kendra, I'll make this video available for three days for free. On on this thing, look, you seen the boss just gave me the look too. Um, for free for three days, just because just five hours of work, just because y'all cannot access any of the other ones right now. And this is what is popular right now. So, but it's only going to be up for probably 70, 72, maybe 72 hours, and I'm going to take it down. So, listen to it while you can. It's not going to be available to download either. So, you're going to have to listen to it. Uh, yeah, well, that's just how it goes. But well, we probably last I checked, we were somewhere around 2.7, 2.8 tonight. So, um, so a lot of y'all came to which, which, which was really nice. But I'm going to put it up. I'm it's going to be, you know, news on news on the flip side. It's going to be the gray zone along with the title. And y'all see it'll be in the, it'll be featured. Actually, I'll leave it featured until, um, either my show or Michelle's show knocks you off. So, you that what, what is that show like four days, five days? So y'all got that long to listen to it. After that, it's gone. I'm, I'm just being honest about it. So it's, it's not going to be featured for long, but it will be up there for, for a lot of y'all. Because I know I've been getting a lot of email about where are y'all, why aren't y'all doing this, why aren't y'all doing that. A lot of people Summer are hours, though. Please note that summer hours are bi-weekly shows. They're not every week until, um, I believe, we're into October. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. we come back full time in October because that's the cold months is when you'll see us full time. Well, you can't remember. Shell and I both have lives, and it's not. And we do other things for this station, and then we do other things for other people. I do lots of shows in a week, and I'm working on a, you know, filming a documentary that Joe will also be participating in. That's going to be. And you know what, guys? Every once in a while, we like to have some time for ourselves, which is a rare thing, mind you. That doesn't happen for me. It's it's like seeing the elusive (laughs) dodo bird, you know. It's one. It is. But uh, it It does happen every 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 once in a blue moon. Sooner or yeah. later, I'm going on a trip again. Am trackers out there? If anybody's been am tracking, you know, yes. I, either that. If I don't, if I'm going to am track trick, I'm going to fly up to out to Vegas or Atlantic City. Y'all can come check me out. I got a lot of friends in New Jersey and in New York. Y'all can come come gamble with me. Yeah, we'll go. You can come show <laughs> me. You know what? We'll go gamble one night, track UFOs the next night. There you go. Maybe I'll set up a lecture in Atlantic City while I'm there. Mm. In the old days, that's how we would do it. We'd go traveling somewhere. We'd book a lecture out like 25 days in advance, advertising the paper. And if enough people came, we'd go do it. Mm-hmm. Or we'd refund the money, whatever came first. Now I like to travel. Go. I like to travel and I like to talk. Come on, people. You can't, you yes. can't ask for more than that. Yes, you do. I'm just saying, you can't, you can't really ask for more than that. It's true. So, yes. Um, <laughs> and when I, when, I, when I travel, I do um, scary lectures, stuff about mill labs. Uh, uh, scary ass abductions that I never talk about on the radio because I don't want to scare my listeners away. <laughs> uh, there's some, let me tell you what, there's some scary shit that happened. Body parts being removed. My, one of my favorite ones is is the girl was praying to Jesus and she was praying, 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 and the grace took her eyeballs out, turned them around so she could see herself with her own eyeballs and said, mm, let me see your Jesus stop this. Her words, exactly. It's recorded and everything. Uh... One lady had her arm removed. One lady had a, one guy had a spine removed. One had a leg. And what's weird about these cases are is there's no evidence. And then we got lucky. In two cases, we got lucky. The lady went in for X-ray of her arm because she was just she said, "I'm telling you, I'm telling you." And the doctor noticed that there was a like a, I think he said it was zero 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 point one degree. The bone was off, so it definitely had been cut and put back together. He said there is no technology that he's aware of that could do this. And then we got another one like that in somebody's leg. But for the most part, we don't usually get any evidence. Uh, mm. just, other than what the people talk on the hit on the regression or on the voice stress. We use a lot, a lot of that just now. Yes. Well, people want to be believed, so it's the best way to do it. But we gotta go because Michelle said she's breaking out the bourbon. And uh, oh, and whoever said that the other night on UF on the cover, yes, please. If you want to send me some Thompsons or some knob, feel free. I don't get to drink bourbon often anymore, but I'd like to have some good bourbon around. No, no Jack, by the way. I'm, I'm banned from drinking Jack by Jack Daniels and my wife. So no Jack. I'm sorry. All right. I'll be stuffing Bigfoot. You give me some bourbon, man. I mean, some Jack. Mm-hmm. Well, I oh, heard okay. there's Bigfoot up there by where Amelia lives. They were talking about the other day calling it a snow yeti. I don't live in Canada. What the hell do I know about Canada? Get out of here. Anyway, we got to go. I got to go eat. I'm hungry. I haven't had the wife, the dogs, myself. Yes, not that I can't lose some weight. I'm just hungry. Again, if you know anything about any places that I'm looking to travel, uh, hit me up. Drop me an email at icar at cox.net. And remember, this archive will be available for free until Wednesday probably. So get on it. Good night, everybody.